When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Natural Hat Trick with Luke Lipinski, Craig Morgan, and Jamie Eisner. Welcome into episode 224 of the Natural Hat Trick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. The Natty Hattie returns. And Jamie Eisner. What's up? We're back. We are. Gentlemen, I, I missed this last week. Did you, though? Yes, I think it's the first week we've missed in almost three years. And the last one was like Christmas week, and it was just complete chaos. Yeah. Well, they were, weren't they like tearing down the studio or something? It looks very similar to what the one we left. No, you oh. genius. Not this studio, the other studios. So, why- so this was the only studio being oh. used for everything. Got to explain everything to this guy. Yeah, it's shocking that. I'm not feeling the enthusiasm. From you, Jamie. Enthusiasm. Luke's being mean to me. Where's your enthusiasm? He's being mean. Okay. I, Make him stop. I feel like Jamie blocked me in traffic on the way over here. I feel like he was part of my issue getting here. Well, I, I couldn't have been because you were here ahead of me and then looked at me as I walked in the front doors of this building and let the elevator doors close without me behind them. <laughs> you're always slowing everything down, Jamie. You're like those pesky coyotes oh, in Alberta. Oh, what a go. transition. All right. Um... I mean, do we want people to read this story for context? I don't think that this really deserves any clicks on that whole internet well, thing. you know, there's the comment section. The comments also, as Jamie pointed out, not really in, in favor of what the uh, author was selling here, possibly because it's completely false. Would you like to give people some context here? All right. S- starting so, with the actual... Here, you set it up because you found it. Okay. Just set it up and then we're going to just shred well, it. Well, Mark Spector of Sportsnet columnist... Uh, Wrote a piece off the Coyotes-Oilers game. And the headline, mind you, writers do not write headlines most of the time. But they write the story. They write the story, and and the headline fits the story. Oilers undone after being forced to endure Coyotes' quote, boring approach. And then there's a picture of poor Jacob Chikrin (laughs) doing an interview. (laughs) I'm sure he loves that. Where do we want to start? Oh, there's so much wrong with this piece. I, I don't know where to start. But I, I thought about starting with the actual first sentence. Okay. Because it is factually incorrect. There are high event teams. There are high flying teams. And there are high wire acts like Connor McDavid, Elias Pettersson, or of late Brad Marchant. Then there is the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> okay. Okay. It seems like a plural, but, you know. I don't know. Maybe they do that in Canada. Yeah. Maybe know. it's like a, a, a European soccer thing. <laughs> But that's not the factually incorrect no. part that I'm talking about. Just there are high event teams. Oh, then he says, then there is the Arizona Coyotes. Low event, low excitement, low value for the ticket buyer. Let's start with low event. The Coyotes are one of the highest event teams in the NHL, and there is data, there are data, 
easily accessible for a writer, per se, to research and find out. It's it's all right there. They're one of the highest event teams in the league. So the lead is mm, just incorrect. Literally wrong. Literally wrong. Counterpoint, though, they beat his precious Oilers. That's true, Did and that's another that? problem with this piece. This piece reads like the biggest fanboy piece yeah. I've oh, read in a long time. Oh, my goodness. Hello, like, Homer. Yeah, this, wow. this Hello, reads like Homer, a, a jilted in fan. the team's employ is brutally bad for a national columnist. Uh, brutally bad. Low excitement. That's the second point. Yes. The Coyotes are, if they're not the fastest team in the NHL, they're one of the top two or three, right? That's the thing. He says they come with a plan to slow everything down. They're one of the fastest teams in the NHL. They come they're with, faster than the Oilers. They yes. actually come with a plan to speed things up and see if teams can match their speed. I just talked to Vinny Hillestros about this two days ago, and he even said, we, we notice it during the game, but we notice it more when we watch the film afterwards, that teams have a hard time with our speed. Yeah. So if your biggest asset is your speed, why would you try and slow things down? Hey, and now you can you could make okay, you could try and make an argument that Coyotes tried to slow this thing down against the Oilers. They you tried to slow to. one line down. Yeah. Um but was it slowing them down? Yeah, you tried to slow down that one line. Of course you do. That's that's a good game plan. But No, just let Connor McDavid roam free. That's, of, that's yeah, more well, that's fun. That's the thing. What are you supposed to do defensively? Exactly. You want to play hard and heavy. You want to get sticks in passing lanes. You want to have a lot of bodies around those guys. That's smart defense. That's a good game plan. But here's the problem with saying, here come the Coyotes looking to slow everything down. Go to the bottom where he, he adds notes to the story in quick hits. The first note in that entire piece, in the, in the quick hits... Includes a quote from Dave Tibbet asking why Joel Person struggled so much in this game. The pace of the game was a little bit much for him to handle tonight, so he had to play somebody else in that place. It's a fast-paced game, a hard game. For whatever reason, he just didn't have it tonight. Yeah. So Joel couldn't keep up with the pace of the game, which apparently was not as slowed down as the writer would suggest. Uh, even the coach said it was not a slow down pace. What do coaches know about the pace of the yeah. game, though? How do you not see the contradiction between what you just wrote and the first note you included in your piece? But or, again, they beat the Oilers. Or how about the second player that you have quoted in the article, uh, uh, Darnell Nurse, yeah. who says, literally, and I quote, it's not boring, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm trying to correct you. I'm trying to help you out here. And, so and, because Oscar Clefbaum used the word boring once in a quote to him, Mark Spector is like, wow, I, I know. what." The, look, there, there's so many things wrong I'm with, not, okay, with this I, article. Wait, before like, you keep going with Clefbaum's quote, because you're right, Clefbaum's quote is higher in the story. So I read it and I was like, okay, I guess he got Clefbaum on board. But then you hear Darnell Nurse's quote, mm -hmm. and it almost feels like, I, mean, I didn't hear the question, so I don't want to make the leap here. But Clefbaum's quote is, it is a bit boring. Which makes it sound like somebody said, hey, don't you think this is boring, Oscar? That's a leading question. You can hear the question ahead of time. So anyway, sorry, Jamie. Back to your point. We're actually on the same side. No, here. no, we are. Uh, well, there's just so many things wrong. When he, t he takes a shot at the ticket prices and the food prices. And by the way, call it trying to make fun of a team for being low in the NHL standings when you cover the freaking Oilers yeah. is exactly. hilarious. Can we talk about the Oilers' recent playoff history? Yeah, he goes off on how the what have, what have the Coyotes done in the last Didn't 23 years? Didn't this team go 10 straight seasons without a playoff berth? They made it once, and then they missed again. What have the Coyotes done <laughs> in the last 23 years? Actually, technically gone further than the Oilers in the playoffs. <laughs> Sorry they don't get gifted the number one overall pick every other year. Yeah. And it's also... You can somehow botch that. And I love the idea that they've been boring all these years, because every coach they've ever had coaches the exact same style, right? That's right, the, Every coach uses right. the same. Well, Including that, the guy who's now yeah. behind your bench. No big yeah. deal. Did you tell him he's boring, too? 
I, I wonder if Dave Tippett read this article and what he thinks about the legacy of the, the style of play. The, oh, the my goodness. Uh, in fairness, though, we do have material for our podcast today, so I'm happy about that. I just I can't remember seeing something that had so many problems from a major national columnist. So many problems. You're too slow. No, actually, they're one of the fastest teams. And then what, what, it was, what was the argument there, Jamie, that uh, they don't charge enough for tickets? Yeah. And then the, also the same argument and the same story, low value for the ticket buyer. Well, which one is it? Either you're not charging enough for your tickets or you're overcharging people. You understand what low value for the ticket buyer equates to, right? And I'm sorry, $25 American is like $700 Canadian. So make sure you do the exchange there, too. I cannot believe this is an actual article. And I'm actually I'm shocked it's from Mark Spector because I did not know this is how he wrote his stories. Apparently, you guys aren't as shocked. It just it, it, this whole article. The more I read it, even for the second time, of comparing their st- like their style of hockey somehow is involved in how many people have owned the team, or how or, you know how many tickets that they sell, or home attendance rank, which has gone up now for I think the third year in a row. It did read like a fan. Like I'm it, so angry. I'm so honestly, angry at everything. I'm so angry they lost. Yes, this is literally I'm going to find everything that I find wrong with the Coyotes in their entire history, and I'm going to include it in this piece because I'm angry they lost. And it's not going to be accurate. No, this <laughs> is fit. It's like a jilted fan wrote this on FanSided in 2012. Like that's, that's what this reads like. You could have maybe five years ago, you could have said, "Hey, the Coyotes are trying to slow things down." And again, my counter would have been, "I'm sorry, they don't get the number one overall pick every year like you do." If you give the Coyotes Connor McDavid, they never would have tried to slow everything down. But instead, the Oilers get McDavid and Yakupov. But how many times do they have number one pick and they still can't make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. And you're going to freak out because McDavid only had one goal. Is basically what this reads like. Right. All right. Good stuff. That's the open to the show. <laughs> um. I guess let's start with that game, though, last night. It was weird seeing Dave Tippett coach against the Coyotes, because that hasn't happened yeah. since he coached the Coyotes. I mean, he did back in the day with Dallas, but that in itself was strange. It was, uh, and, and obviously the Oilers are off to a very good start. A um, little surprising, I guess, with what they have on that roster. They mm-hmm. credit Ken Holland for filling in some of the pieces at the bottom that have at least stabilized their forward group. They still need more production from their bottom six if they're ever going to do anything once they get to the postseason, if they get to the postseason. But you combine that with the fact that Dave Tippett has overlaid what we expected him to overlay, structure. They're playing with better structure than they ever have, and this team has a chance, especially in the West. It's wide open in the West. McDavid is so good. Oh, no, that yeah. goal. You know, you, you want to get mad at Oliver ekman Larson, but then you you remember it's Connor McDavid, well, and he's just do? that good. It's such a smart play. To I think it was Dreisaitl that fed it to him, right? Just yeah. kind of... Just put the puck out there a little bit in front of him. Let him run into it. And by the time he gets to OEL, he's at full speed, and, and you're he, not going to stop He did him. a slight dip inside like he was going to make a move to the inside, and I think that just that yeah. split second of hesitation that OEL is gone. Yeah. He did this to him last year, too. Remember? I think it was shorthanded. He yeah. just took OEL's stick and just moved it and went in on, on the shorthanded yeah. breakaway and scored. The the minute movements that Connor McDavid makes at full speed to fake you out, I just I don't see anybody else in the league that is doing that on a consistent basis. I mean, it is... I mean, it's amazing. I think what, in one play where it looked like he was going to go to the outside, I think Chickwin literally had to, or no, it was either OEL or Chickwin, had to basically almost grab his arm without grabbing his arm and like ride him into the net. Yeah. You don't have a choice because the thing is, he is so fast that he knows. Just even like a head fake is going to yeah. throw the defense off enough because he's moving. We just saw McKinnon play the Coyotes two days ago. If anybody's going to be as fast as McDavid with these moves, it's McKinnon, and he's not. No. It's not close. No. He's as good still, as McKinnon is. He's still yeah. the best player in the world. Yes. Yeah. 
He, well, he's indefensible. And kudos for Dave, to Dave Tibbet for, for for getting a chance to coach this guy right after what he endured here for so long. Yeah, he doesn't know how to coach offensive players. Well, he never had them. That was yeah, the problem. McDavid and Dreisaitl are doing just fine. That that was the problem. He did not have offensive players. He coached the LA power play and turned it into the best power play in the league. That's why he got the Dallas job because at the time he was considered an offensive coach. So Dallas hired him. He coached Dallas's supremely. They had some very talented offensive players. They were a high scoring team. And then he came to Arizona and looked around and said, "Oh, I, I don't have any of that. So let's change up." figure out how we're going to make this work and he did credit credit to dave Tippett. he's a terrific yes. coach and he's doing a terrific job in edmonton it was good to talk to him it was good to see him you know sort of step away from the game for a little bit and and get his passion back get his energy back because yeah. at the end and you know this you talked to him as much as i did he just wasn't the same guy that walked through the door eight years earlier he was he was beaten down. He it's was he was it. angry. He was bitter, and he had a right to be all of those things. And yes, he was he was trying to get some more control over what happened in the hockey operations department. Can you really blame him after you watched what happened? All I have to say is Martin Erat. <laughs> well, I mean, if you go through that twenty fourteen fifteen, I mean, kudos to Dave Tippett for going through that season and in a year where the Coyotes should have gotten Eichel or McDavid, and he just gets pushed down and doesn't get either one of them, so he just goes and coaches McDavid somewhere else. Like I'll give him credit for that. He, he ends up winning <laughs> in the way. end. And I, I mean, early it's early this season, but Tippett and Tockett have to be two of your top three or four coach of the year candidates. No question. And I don't Definitely. see either of these teams really dropping off very much, it's, it's, unless yeah, McDavid gets hurt. Yeah, and look, the concern is Edmonton's depth is still a problem. Like, you, you yeah. could see the way, if you look at the way they played a lot of that third period in the game, those top two lines were almost on the ice for the entire period. Yes. Uh, and... And look, and, and Tippett's done a really good job early in the season, like using the TV timeouts to his advantage to get McDavid back on the ice in a lot of scenarios. But at some point, they're going to have to get production, not just from their bottom six, but even from that second line consistently. I know they put uh, recently James Neal's been on that line with Nugent Hopkins, and Sam Gagne somehow got the Pat Maroon role on that top line where he just got to be there. At least he can keep up with them speed wise, but yeah. that's about it. Well, how could you tell last night's game was so slow? Oh, I know. It was so slow. There are a bunch of candidates for Coach of the Year right now, aren't there? I mean, Ralph Kruger's probably in that mix. Um, Travis Green's probably in that mix. With yeah, what Vancouver's doing, and, and it's, know, we'll talk about that in a moment. It's not a slight to those two teams. I just I think Edmonton's going to be there at the end of the season. Yeah, Buffalo won't be, and I think the Coyotes are going to be there at the end of the season. <laughs> Sorry, Consistent yeah. message from Jamie Eisner. I think one of these two teams wins the division, unless Vegas wakes up. Yeah, well, I, don't, I, I don't know. I, I, they don't look great, but I'm not going to count them out. They still have so much talent. In yeah, game. and they're hanging around. They're right there still. Yeah. So they're, they're playing. You know, basically just a little over 500. If you include when just do wins and losses yeah. but that's enough right now they're they're treading water but before we get back to the coyotes just because mcdavid and drysidle are mcdavid's fourth in the nhl in points drysidle's third but the top two are on the bruins who have lost one game in regulation <laughs> the top yeah. two are averaging two points a game david pasternak is out of control oh my goodness that line is ridiculous right now uh ridiculous are they peaking too early are they peaking too early i don't know i don't think that they are just because they went to the cup last year so I, I don't think I mean eleven one and two is they're not going to play at that it's level. Not year. Well, neither is two no. points per game from those two guys. That's not going to happen. They're not going to have one hundred and sixty plus points each. No, it would be really cool if they did though. The Coyotes should have beat that team in the second game of the season, yeah, which is them. crazy now. Yeah, I played them completely. Um, I never know what to do with that because like, would you feel better about the Bruins if they were I don't know eight four and two? 
Like I, I, I know. Like we have seen in retrospect where teams have peaked too early. But how do you call that in the moment? And then what are you, what are you mm. supposed to do about that? It you depends. Can't stop winning. Team. It's all about hindsight. And yeah, and I agree with that too. This is such a, a veteran laden team too. They, I don't think that they're necessarily susceptible to the same sort of collapse that we might see from other teams. Yeah. They sort of know how to to get through the wars. The Islanders Con- might be well, peaking too early. Well, yeah, but conversely, or Barry Trotz is just a ridiculously yes. good coach. I mean, watching that game against the Coyotes and Grand, the Coyotes probably played their poorest game of the season in, in that game, with the possible exception of the Montreal game, and we know why in mm. Montreal. The Islanders' forecheck is so good and so heavy. It's you know you talk about them being a great defending team. They're a great defending team because they're playing in your damn zone the whole game. Yeah. They just hem you in. They're so good at it. Maybe he should get coach of the year. Oh, he's again. such a good coach. Conversely, are the Lightning taking <laughs> at the, the right times? <laughs> ah. It's a good time. It's better to lose these games now than four straight when the playoffs start. So um, let's see. If you want <laughs> to go by the standings, <laughs> Toronto would barely make the playoffs right now, and Tampa would miss the playoffs. It's crazy, isn't it? This is why I don't think Boston is peaking too early because I'm going to assume Tampa Bay and Toronto wake up at some point, and make them play each other, run away with the division. Yeah, make, right? make Tampa. Around to play each other in the first round. Yeah. Which team that can't win a first round series will get out of that series? <laughs> I actually I would take Toronto over Tampa. Yeah, because I think Toronto's more that they can't get by Boston. Yeah, so both things can be true. The Lightning can just flame out again in the first round, and then Toronto can lose to Boston again. Yeah, and all the narratives <laughs> stick. Uh, everything is good in the world. Uh, okay, let's get to the Coyote schedule since Craig just sort of alluded to it there. I think they landed during the second period of the game against Montreal. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how the NHL scheduled it. Yep. <laughs> I um they they knew that game was going to be an issue. They were talking about it at least behind the scenes before the season began was that that Montreal game was going to be an issue just because of the way the scheduling worked out. And normally I would say okay, get over it, but now we've seen what 14 games. That's the only game they haven't looked like they were there. You know, it, it's funny. I wrote a story on the, the schedule and I've got people like like somebody from the Flyer a Flyers fan is on my in the comment section, the Flyers play just as difficult a schedule. They have 16 games in 29 days and five back-to-backs. You like, walk to the yeah, other stadiums. That's exactly <laughs> it. And I looked at their schedule. Literally every game in November is in the Eastern time zone. You're going to compare this. If you could really? Take, if you could take the Amtrak to yeah. your games, I don't want to hear it. If you can Uber exactly. everywhere, it doesn't Eastern count. teams have no idea what it's like to play in the West. But Do you know how hard it is to get to Newark back-to-back from a game in Manhattan? Do you know how hard it is? It's the same as going from Phoenix to Washington, D.C. to St. Louis in yeah, right, 24 right, hours. Right, right, right. So I talked to a, a league official who told me, and I, I, I never got the actual figure, but that, that situation that they were in in that four-game road trip, come back, you get a day rest and play a game, the winning percentage of teams, I told it was like 38% in that situation. So it, it's league-wide. You got no chance in that game. You yeah. got no chance, and, and you're playing a good team. Montreal's a good team. I don't know if they're, they're great, but they're, they're, they're an decent. okay team. I, I watched the Canadians in that game, thinking the Coyotes are dog tired, and I'm still not impressed with the Canadians. I yeah. still don't think they're a playoff team. Maybe good's too strong, but no, they're, they're, they're fine. They'll be in like the mid to upper eighties. Fine, fine. Fine. If you're beat up and you just traveled across the country, you won't beat them. How's that? Yeah, the Canadians they had three days off before that game. Yeah. They were just sitting, sitting here waiting sitting in Arizona, which waiting. Also for happened you. with the Islanders, and it happened with the Devils. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've so, talked about this before. The Coyotes, it's like they make the 30 schedules and they're like, oh, wait, there are 31 oh, teams. Darn it. We forgot. Yeah, it's like the sort of team. Yeah. Like, We're, oh, no, DC and St. Louis, they're close enough. That, so, that's unreal. That back to back. So is St. Paul. St. Paul's week. close enough. They can, get, they can get there one extra day. They both have the word Saint in them. Yeah. So everything's close. Just to do a tale of the tape. They travel home from road trips in the Eastern or Central time zone to play a game with one day of rest in between the final road game and the first home game 
six times. That's yeah. a league high. Yeah. There is a team that does it four times in the West. I think it's Anaheim, if I remember correctly. Nobody else does it more than three times. So that's a problem right there, especially with what I just told you about the winning percentage in those games. As I just mentioned, three of their previous four opponents before you know before before they played the Avalanche, the Islanders, Devils, and Canadians had four, five, and three days of rest respectively before facing the Coyotes. The Coyotes had one, zero, and one. It's it's a reality of the situation if you play in the West, but this is the extreme version of it in the West. And Anaheim, I wouldn't shock me if they are the other team that's close because they sort of get forgotten about by the schedule makers almost as much as the Coyotes. 16 games, 29 days, four back-to-back sets. The one that we talked about, Washington to St. Louis, which are separated by 834 miles. Yeah. Only two two-day breaks between games this entire month. The rest come on back-to-backs or one day of rest. And that includes one day in between a road game in Minnesota and, of course, a home game in, against Calgary on the 16th. If they win that second game, what do they, they start in Washington, right? This is next Monday. Next Monday at Washington, next Tuesday at St. Louis. Oh, by the way, the last two Stanley Cup winners, too. Right, exactly. So not like not OHL teams here. If they somehow beat St. Louis in the second half of that, when you're traveling the whole night before from Washington, D.C., and then they get a day off before they play Minnesota. <laughs> Like, it's unreal. It is unreal. So, yeah, I mean, they're on a ridiculous run right now. If they go into a bit of a slump here this month, as long as it's not some prolonged, like, you just your season falls apart. Yeah. But if there's a stretch here where they lose four out of six games, I wouldn't flip out about it if it's no. within the next two or three weeks. No, and like I wrote in this story, uh, I was told that the some Coyotes officials met with the schedule makers while we were in New York on that road trip. And I, man, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in that. Well, and more importantly, Mrs. Rita said November was going to be a good month. Mrs. Rita did say November so, was going to be a good month, and they're two and zero in November. Yeah. I, and I look—I have to admit, it wasn't Mrs. Rita actually. You know, oh, well, well, I was just reading your text. Sure, I don't know why your granddaughter, Mrs. Rita's. Oh, whatever. okay. You know, same, same brand. Same. So. Okay, that's fine. But yeah. she did say, and I looked kind of sideways at her, knowing what November was bringing. They're they're two and zero in November. Yeah. So, if November is a really good month, as Mrs. Rita says it will be, the Coyotes are going to be in great shape. Shut out McKinnon and shut out the Avalanche at the same time. Nobody had even shut out McKinnon yet this yeah. season. And then you beat uh, Edmonton. Those are your first two games in the month of November. That's a pretty good start. This is a good time to transition to whatever's happening in Colorado right now. And I know they're beat up, but... Jamie saw his opportunity. And I, he, I'm he saying I know they're beat up, but <laughs> where, where's this all this awesome depth that they have that I heard so much from about? Transitioning from Buffalo to Colorado. <laughs> the Jamie Eisner beat here. <laughs> well, they've lost four in a well, row. I still think Colorado will make the playoffs, barely. Uh, Buffalo will not. Um, what do you do with with Colorado right now? Eight four and two, but they had the best record in hockey there for a while, and they're missing Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog, and they look like a one man team. They do, mm-hmm. they do. Yeah, we heard so much about their depth. That I mean, in these situations, you need that depth to step up. Now, I don't expect them to be as good a team, but you don't expect the bottom to fall out. It can't fall out. Well, Jamie wouldn't stop fawning over that Nazem Kadri trade and uh, and how much depth that provided them. So. <laughs> Um, all right, so Jamie, it, you still think they just barely make the playoffs, but that's about it. Yeah, look, they're, they're uh, yes, it's they're the the flaws on this team, which there are some. Again, they have such high end talent, but when you again you lose two top line players like that, you're obviously going to be adversely affected significantly. But particularly on a team that relies so heavily on that top line to produce offense, both five v five and on the power play. That's the thing that's why you want depth. 
but they don't really have it. I mean, Kadri's been okay. He's been fine so far this year. Burkowski had a hot start, but has cooled off a little bit since. Same thing with Jonas Donskoy. The problem is, is when you look at this team, when you if you just put like a, a black piece of construction paper over the top line and then look at the rest of this team, do you see a team that is worthy of being in the playoffs? They are clearly when they have that top line going, but when they don't, they're not. And that's going to be a problem if anybody on that top line misses significant time like we've already seen they happen. already have. Yeah, Rontanen's basically missed But they're not going to miss the season. season. They're so going to be far. back. Yeah. But I'm just saying, this is everybody wanted to anoint this team a cup team, and I think you need to have a little bit more depth before you— cause, Is they this do team have the going to win the postseason? Though. They do have the cap space to add some more. And so. yes, and, that, and that's going to be the key. Can, do they add and what do they add at the deadline? But— this is the it's just a peek into the window of what their flaws are. They get masked a lot by having the second best player in the world, Nathan McKinnon, and an one of, and one of the other ten best players in the world, Mika right. Rantanen. It's one of the top two lines like, in the NHL, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam in Boston. Like, well, and, and uh, Edmonton when they, I mean, the fact that yeah, Sam Gagne drags that line down. A yeah, little he bit. does, it's but it doesn't matter. Part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should just not put a third guy. McDavid are out there. Oh my god! I, I am stunned that they ever lose games in overtime. With mm-hmm. when you can so make Drysaddle and McDavid sixty-seven percent of your lineup, that's. Uh, in fairness to Colorado, they've lost three in a row, but they've been to the Islanders, who don't lose games. The Capitals, who are rolling now. It's like they realize they're in the Metro, and if they just wake up, they'll win the division. And the Coyotes, who, you know, pop, despite the apparent perception from people well, in Edmonton... Even though they play this boring style, yeah. they slow things down. <laughs> um, are one of the best teams in hockey right now. Whether you think the Coyotes can keep it up or not, just based on the eye test, they're one of the best teams in hockey. So... I have finished by Pumpkin Cold Brew, by the way. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. We, unintentional all heard it. Pumpkin Cold Brew. Mm, it sounds like a band name. Mm. Unintentional Pumpkin. The, the only thing, the point I've been trying to make on Colorado for four months now is it that pumpkin related? <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Because uh, they're turning back in. No, I'm not going to do that. Mm. Uh, that. They're not an elite Sorry. team. They already started. Sorry for They're just not an show. elite team in the league right now. That's all I've been saying. Sure, they're, they're, they could be a wild card team. Fine. Are they exciting? Absolutely. When that top line's playing, they're a really exciting team. But they're not an elite team. They are not one of the three, four, five best teams in hockey, and they aren't even when they're healthy. It's all, it's all, it's all, it's, that's the overarching thing of what I've been trying to point when everybody put them in the cup final. I wouldn't want to play them in a best of seven if that top line is healthy, but there are other teams I would pick over them, certainly, even in the West at this point. I, if, honestly, a best of seven between the Coyotes and the Avalanche would be highly entertaining. Who would you rather, if you were, let's say the Coyotes, for example. Who would you rather play in a seven-game series in the first round, hypothetically, if we just make this work? Edmonton or Colorado? Oh, I'd play Edmonton in a heartbeat. Yeah. Take out that one line. I think— I th- you got to take out that one line. It's hard to do, obviously. McDavid's ridiculous. We saw what he was going to do last night, but I'd much rather play Edmonton. I, I think it's a lot closer. Goaltending, I have more of a concern for Edmonton. I know, I know Mike Smith's played really well this year, but— Why didn't they we'll play see. Smith against the Coyotes? He always— and not not like he should have a chip on his shoulder against Arizona because they resurrected his career, but he always plays his best against the Coyotes. No, no. And he played well last week. I wish someone had asked Tip that. Yes, well. You're too busy asking how boring the Coyotes were. Yeah, that's because true. Of, and Every, how it's indirectly his asleep. fault. Because that first goal that Koskinen gave up yeah. was a bad goal to Michael Grabner. So how can you watch that Carl Soderberg goal and say that was a boring goal? He just dragged half the team down the ice with him and put it, again, probably a shot Koskinen could have stopped, but and it was a, a great play shot. he created himself at yeah, the, yeah. the Coyote blue line, but... Anticipating, mm. he's played should, really well for them. That's why goalies shouldn't wear those kind of numbers. I don't like, I don't like goalies wearing nineteen. <laughs> this is um, that's why he can't stop. Anymore. I mean, it's, it's disrespectful to Shane Doan, obviously. Is. Yeah, I mean, it's Shane Doan was so or great. He should be retired. Yeah. Yeah. All has been nineteen. Was yeah, I, I think he was. Yeah, 
Jonathan Taves, 19? So much disrespect. Before well, he retired? disrespect him Okay. <laughs> Where's my belt? You guys took my belt. Uh, no, it goes oh, way on. over Just there. Keep talking. I'll get it for you. Oh, my God. It's way over there. Thank you. Luke, Making, there you go. Thank for the... Did you ever find your duck, ring. by the way, Luke? No. Which duck? I have a lost duck. Ophie? Ophie's running free. Probably because mm. he saw Matt Murray make like four saves last night in that game. Oof. That was a crazy game, Against Boston. Way. Yeah. I saw Pittsburgh rally. I was like, oh, okay. Well, never mind. Could you imagine if Pittsburgh had a goalie? Mm. They'd be slightly above average this year. They're going to be a playoff team, whether you like it or not. It's for four games again. <laughs> yes. Maybe, maybe five. I'd almost prefer they weren't for four <laughs> maybe games. Maybe five. If they could get the one win in a playoff series, just one game. I would be, I'd be on board. So I left them out, I guess, apparently. Whose goaltending is worse? New Jersey's, San Jose's, Florida's, LA's, or Pittsburgh's? Uh, Pittsburgh's is not a bad, no, not it's as not bad in that as, company, is Not it? with New Jersey and San Jose. <laughs> or LA. I mean, LA, it's been yeah. awful. But LA wasn't going anywhere anyway. Doesn't mean their goaltending doesn't absolutely suck. But LA's like, hey, I have this broken down truck and the, t- the tire went flat. San Jose's like, hey, we, we, we got this race car, but all of the tires are gone. Like, I was trying to explain to somebody yesterday what, what's wrong with Martin Jones because they were like, well, you know, he was really good a couple years ago. He can't move laterally. Yeah. That was, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you're on his left side and you put the puck on his right side, it will go in 100% of the oh, time. Oh, it's like the, it's the NHL 20 of goalies. It, you just got to pass it across the ice. They have no chance. He really, he is a glitch in a video game where if you just go left to right. You, you could take the player out of the Kings, but you can't take the Kings out of the player. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Do you think the Kings wish they had Martin Jones back? No. Not unless they or, can play him and Quick at the same time. Even they if might those, stop something. If those two were like tied together in net like it was a potato sack race, I don't think they would stop <laughs> very many shots. I don't know what happened to Jonathan Quick. Um, back to the Coyotes. What do you do with Barrett Hayton? Keep him. He's a keeper. Yeah. He's playing. Every no night way you can let serve. this guy go back now. What what good would it serve him? No, Jose Marie. He belongs in the NHL. He can play in the NHL. He can be a good player in the NHL. He's gaining confidence. You yes. can see it in that Colorado. Oh, game. the the between the legs pass to Kessel. That wasn't even his coolest play. He had two, he had two other plays that were very fancy, but not for the sake of being fancy. You know what I mean? Like flashy between the legs. Just the right play. Leg. Yeah. Yeah. And he's capable of making it. You need to start operating as a playoff team from now from now on. If you're the Coyotes, yeah. and this is a player that has proven you. that he can absolutely help you, he can help you. And I'm sorry if some of you have to look. Your injuries are going to happen; they always do. Yeah, and you, it's probably going to work himself out that even just with injuries, he can probably get into half or more of the games anyway. I think but, they play a triple header tomorrow anyway. So yeah, yeah, you're going to need. But look, if you have to, if you have to sit some tournament format, if you have to sit some of these other guys the down, them down. They, they can handle it. Yeah. Can can we talk about that play for a minute though? Because and I know what you're saying. There were some other plays in that game, and I've seen some that he's made, but. If you watch the entirety of that play, first of all, he creates some space for himself by just giving a guy a nudge, and that allows him to get to the puck. And as he's doing that and getting to the puck, he sees Kessel coming behind him. He knows, and he times it perfectly. It's just a quick flip. All of that happened in a split second. It's instinct. It's it's situational awareness, which is something that is lacking on this team at times. And in Anthony Duclair? Well, oh, sorry. Yeah, well, but, but there are a number of players that <laughs> a retro moment. But <laughs> he has a couple goals for Ottawa this year. I still pull for Duclair. Yeah, I uh, really like the guy, but he absolutely lacks not situational yes. awareness. And then look, there are some others on the Coyotes that do as well. They don't, with high skill. They don't have. Uh, hmm. they, they don't. Uh, hmm. I mean, look, there's there's a play last night on the, the there was a power pay sequence in the third period. There, I watched it twice. One when Clayton Keller comes in, and if he even just looks to his left. He's got two guys streaking to the net. He's got Phil Kessel and he's got Christian Dvorak. Yeah, he with did go no full, defender there. Full Zoolander on takes that him play. to the like corner. He just goes, couldn't even go left. Yeah, takes it to the corner. Goes back to the point. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've seen this a few times. Yeah, I know. It's funny you mentioned Zoolander. Yeah, 
Yeah, you use that for her. You did, didn't you? <laughs> I did. you yeah, did. Look at that. You two, did. two Zoolander references. One if you're on Twitter and one if you're just listening to the show. Hayden's got two more games before they have to make that decision. Decision made. But it's, be- it's got to be. Because they don't have, they don't really have a lot of players like him. And we've seen with Kessel this season, I mean, that, that game, okay, so the reason the game on Saturday stands out to me with Hayden is they put him on that line with Kessel for the first time. It was the, the line with Kessel had been Keller. Step on and Kessel, and it was just kind of. It's not that it had been bad, but Kessel wasn't producing. And you put Hayton up there, and instantly they had a few chances in that game. Kessel had a goal and assist in the first period. One of them was on the power play, but it. I talked to Hayton during the first intermission, and his reaction to playing with Phil Kessel was just, "It's so cool playing with Phil Kessel. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be cool." (laughs) But I mean, you got to keep him. He has to be up. He's played what seven games now? Yeah, seven games. Two more. This is going to be anticlimactic. I mean, I just yeah. I don't feel like there's any way you can consider sending him back now. No, you don't have or loaning him to Team Canada. No, you need him. Sorry, no, Canada, to find somebody else. Uh, also, with Darcy Kemper, <sighs> I don't I was, know what else to say, dude. He is literally he's he's elevated his game beyond what we saw last year. Yeah, yeah. he's an elite NHL goalie right now. If we if we were going to give out the Vesna today, it's either him or Tukarask. Him or Ask, yeah. Yep. And I went and looked basically after the game last night that was 16 of 17 games he's given up two goals or less dating back to last year. So I went to look just where he was on November 4th last year and he was the backup obviously still at that point. So it's crazy to think about what he's done over the course of his career, I mean, a perennial backup in Minnesota, he gets a little bit better in L.A. that year. The Coyotes trade for him. He wasn't good with the Coyotes that first half of a year, and then he's just taken off ever since. But for him to take over as the starter last year, in the last 365 days, the only goalies that have been there with him are Rask, who wasn't as good at the start of last year. So actually his numbers, if you go over the last calendar year, aren't as great as, uh, as, as Kemper's are, and Ben Bishop. It's those are the three goalies over the last 365 days. Nobody else touches any of them. Mm. And Rask this year, yeah. If you voted on the Vesna, maybe he would get it over Kemper. Maybe, but it's, those are the only two right now. Yeah. So, I, he's he's their best player. Yeah, he and has been. It's not like Ranta hasn't played well enough to earn more starts. But what are you going to do? You, yeah, you're not sitting Darcy Kemper they've, for. They've had a lot period. of guys play well though. They have. I'm um, um, just more and more impressed with Nick Schmaltz every time I watch him because yeah. he's you know and he can he can there can be periods of the game where you're wondering if he's going to do something if he's going to have an impact tonight and then he makes a play like he made on the the game winning goal last night where such poise he did the, the little curl he did to to uh, create space for himself then he takes off and he's got back pressure the entire way a guy ba- pretty much just hacking at him the entire way yeah remains poised with the puck and then he puts the pass just right where it needs to be for Derek Stepan. And you're watching it and you're thinking, is he really going to try and make this pass or just take the shot and, and you, hope it and goes didn't, in? No, and that's part yeah. of the what yeah. made the play work, right? He didn't telegraph anything in spite of the fact that he's getting hacked the entire way. Yeah. And, I almost thought he was going to do the old, like, shoot it off the far pad and hope Stepan gets the rebound where it's mm. like a pass shot, but he somehow found a way to get Stepan. And if right you get, in his wheelhouse. If you get Stepan going, not that Stepan's going to be a 30-goal guy, but if you get him scoring a goal every few games. You put him in those situations. He's got a heck of a shot in, yeah. in tight. You know, like from the top of the circles down, he can really shoot the puck and he can elevate it. And he did on that play. Remember the the bar down game winner at Madison Square Garden? Oh, yeah. He can shoot the puck. But enough of this uh, boring, slowed down hockey. Let's talk about <laughs> Milan Lucic. <laughs> oh. oh. Hmm. Um, Are I, you outraged? Are you as outraged as Brad Tree Living is? No. I would be outraged that he's on my team. Yeah, well, they're still trying to defend that one and convincing some. Huh. I think it's uh, some Alberta writers, right? Oh, well, they seem to Different be pretty ones. pretty unbiased. <laughs> yeah, no, um, 
No. How much does Calgary hate the way things are going right now? Not only is James Neal going off, but Edmonton. Edmonton, to me, looks better than Calgary right now. And we'll see over the course of 82 games. They're kind of scuffling. Yeah, they're kind of scuffling. But even scuffling, they're still like, I, they're still, what, a point behind the Coyotes? I mean, it's weird because all these teams have played different amounts all of these games. Weird 50 goals. Games, yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know about this team. They're we point- talked about this at the start of the season, too. Not not convinced that that team's going to keep doing what it did last year. They're a point behind the Coyotes, but they've played three more games. Yes. And they have, and again, they've played three more games, but they've given up 20 more goals than the Coyotes in the first, yeah. not even, like the first sixth of the season. Well, as long as they get 11 more goals this year from Toby Reeder, they'll be fine. Nice. He's got one. He is the root of all problems. He is. Uh, Should we just call him the root of all evil? Toby Reader. Well, I, well just, when you think of Toby Reader, when you talk to him, oh, yeah. that's what I think of. Such a mean guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joel Quenville has Florida climbing back into it. Creeping up. They just need ends. they need a little bit. They need Bobrovsky to not be awful. Garbage. Yeah. It, is something weird going to happen? Like, how many teams make the playoffs in the Atlantic? <laughs> Are you asking, is this like a quiz or? Yeah. That's just a question. Is, well, it, is it still going to be the four we thought? Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Florida? I still think so, yes. Yes. I it, mean, it, it, I, I don't think I Buffalo don't, gets I'm, in. I'm not ready to rule Buffalo out entirely. First oh, of am. all, <laughs> I am. Well, I'm, have you watched the way they played recently? This I'm is, really this impressed is with Ralph Kruger. And I'll say that. I, I think he's a heck of a coach. and, and I like Kruger. I know a lot of people who really have a high respect level for him. And having gotten a chance to talk to him while I was in Buffalo, for a while, he's he's a, a he's a very articulate, very well thought coach, and he's got them playing. I think a, di- a slightly different than they did last year. I think they have yes. a sense of purpose on on defense that they didn't have. Oddly, with Phil Housley, he's the only reason I would give Buffalo a chance. Really, is Kruger because that's the only thing that has changed for the better. I think over the last few years, but I just don't think he has enough pieces. I don't not. believe in their goaltending either. Yeah, I mean, Mark and, and Hutton. I, I don't believe. Just in it. saying, you have two goalies doesn't mean you have two good goalies. And I just Buffalo to me is going to be ninth or tenth in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be horrible. No, they're not going to. I don't think they're a playoff team. Well, just because of the division. I mean, I I do think obviously Boston's making it, Toronto, Tampa, and I think I would take Florida over Buffalo right now. I know they have a worse record, uh, barely at this point. But he's he's got some high end skill there, though. How? Florida. Yes. Do do you see any? Like we've just assumed all along, Boston, Toronto, Tampa. Whoever wins the division avoids those other two, and they they meet in the first round. With the way Tampa has played, and it's not like Toronto's been great either, is it possible somebody could sneak in to third and Toronto or Tampa ends up being a wild card in that division? Sure. sure. I, I mean, Tampa's, I, Tampa's not impressing right now. I mean, no. the, the Maple Leafs really aren't either, but. I mean, it's possible, but yeah. Both those teams have just been mediocre. Well, just if you're Washington and you got to play Tampa in the first round, well, maybe that's the perfect maybe matchup. Maybe it's great. If you're Washington, you got to play Toronto in the first round. I, I don't yeah. think Toronto would be a wild card because I think the city would riot if they're not in the top two spot by like the all-star break but i just don't think tampa cares about the regular season this year for all the reasons that were laid out before the season began they just want to make the playoffs and then start playing then um how about those red wings (laughs) (laughs) you're just setting jamie up at Mm. this point i mean anthony mantha's fun they've allowed at least five (laughs) goals in half of their games this season i mean that's not what you want I'm pretty sure Forsberg, Philip Forsberg threw one in like over his shoulder backwards from center ice last night. The funny thing is, I thought we collectively decided as a hockey universe that Jimmy Howard was washed five years ago, we and yet did. somehow he's still splitting time with the guy that Toronto said was washed three years ago and Jonathan Bernier. <laughs> so if you do the math, so they were both washed. Well, like if you four do the math, ago. they have combined 
One of them has an 887 save percentage, and the other one has an 889 save percentage, which is not ideal. Got to be better than Corey Schneider. So in their past 12 games, the Red Wings have been outscored. This is not a typo. 52 to 20. 52 to 20. How do you not address goaltending at any point in a rebuild, or has the rebuild not started? It's, this is more than goaltending. Goaltending is definitely well, a big no part of There's no depth on this team either. Like that t- this is take an the awful top team. Take the top line off the ice. We're talking about a top-heavy team. It, the drop from line one to line two is precipitous. Just Ooh, to be as the kids say, wow, look at that. Um, just to be, <laughs> <laughs> just to be clear, Corey Schneider's save percentage, just for reference point, twelve. Eight forty-seven. <laughs> his goals like against better. His goals Can against we just go with twelve. Well, twelve is his goals against. Uh, Four point uh-huh. seven one, and his picture on ESPN.com <laughs> looks like he just realized his goals against is four point seven one. It's pretty fantastic. Is oh, it like Brett Seabrook's picture that oh, I sent the other night? I don't. I can't really. Turn I'm still on the team. <laughs> I'm still getting paid. Look at this picture of Corey Schneider. I love how Luke is trying to show. Oh us that. yeah, he looks like he just saw his. He does oh, look yeah. stats. Yeah. Also, they make cinnamon coke now. I didn't know that. Well, wow. yeah, there's an advertisement. That sounds for disgusting. Coke, I don't know. It, it's it's an probably is. like New Coke. Yeah. Failure. Wow, you're finally calling New Coke a failure. <laughs> Bold. No, <I laughs> the didn't. verdict oh, is. I did back down. then too, but you guys weren't around. <laughs> Thirty years ago, Craig finally throws down. Uh, anything else around the league before we get to listener questions? Yeah, how about strength of schedule? Let's talk a little bit about strength of schedule because I found uh, this interesting. I was researching this a little bit. So first of all, points percentage. The Coyotes are fourth in the Western Conference in, in points percentage at six seventy nine, behind the Vancouver Canucks, St. Louis Blues, and Edmonton Oilers. Okay. Now, I think a lot of people would look at the Coyotes as one of the one of the most surprising teams, at least people from the outside that hadn't been watching the progression here. But Vancouver is clearly a major surprise. Are you guys buying it? I see. Hold on, right, partially. Before, I, just the one premise. I don't think that many people. I feel like a lot of people had the Coyotes making the playoffs as like that eighth seed, the the second yeah. wild card. So being this high in the standings, no, no, no. Yeah. But I just that's why we go back to that Spectre article for a second. That's why that's so shocking to me because it's not like the Coyotes are an expansion team. People had decent expectations for them, and he clearly hasn't watched a game well, yeah. they've played. It, it makes sense because you know, he's not paying attention. He's, yeah, he's not paying attention and not doing any research to, to look at the data, what just, the data say. But then, you know, how we know how Alberta writers feel about analytics anyway. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I didn't until today. <laughs> it's, still the, it's still the frontier. I, I'm <laughs> <You know>? only... <laughs> I think they just got light bulbs. <laughs> I'm only uh, semi-buying the Canucks because uh, their goaltending is going to regress. I, I want to watch the Canucks. And they've literally... And I mean literally, have played absolutely no one. They have played the, whole the easiest somehow. schedule in the Western Conference per hockey reference. In strength of schedule, they have played the easiest schedule in the conference. I at Nashville, same. second easiest. Yeah. Edmonton, third easiest. But I see Detroit on here twice already and the Kings on here twice already. Yeah, I mean, after they lost to That's I my point. Calgary and Edmonton back to back. the brakes on Vancouver. I'm not saying it's going to fall apart. But, and I really, really want to see Elias Pettersson in the playoffs because he's a... He's a gift to the hockey world. Yeah. He's an incredible player. But I'm not buying the Vancouver thing yet because their schedule's been a joke. I mean, Thatcher Demko could be the greatest goaltender to ever goaltend. But if that, if that continues. The, the goalie of the future? The goalie of the future? Goalie of the, the now. Of the future. The but he's of the future. still not getting the starts. Craig Broke. He's only got five of the 14 starts so far. Yeah. Uh, so the Coyotes, conversely, have played the second most difficult schedule in the Western Conference behind Colorado. Oh. I didn't realize Colorado had played that tough of a schedule. Um, 
I, Vancouver is a team that I just I don't know what to make of them because they are a team like Ottawa. <laughs> well, but they're more than just a team. That <laughs> I do feel like they were slightly overrated coming into the season simply because they are one of the seven Canadian of the teams. Yeah. But that'll happen. I, you can't overrate Pedersen or Besser. Nope. Um, and I mean they have a, the Quinn Hughes is decent. Bo Horvat's good. Quinn Hughes still hurt, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but but he's been. I mean, JT yeah. Miller's having a really good start to the year so far. He's been he's over a point per game right now. See that I don't. I don't like know if I can no. count on that. Um, my only concern with Vancouver, we've talked about this in the past, like they've drafted well, but they have constructed their team through free agency as if or, or trades as if they're this close to winning the Stanley Cup. So I don't know if they've capped what they are going to be capable of. They were able to move Eric Goodbranson at, at some point, weren't they? Yeah. I think Where's they my were. duck? Sorry. Yeah. So you don't even have your duck. Pittsburgh was they able to move anything about too, that. So. Yes, they were, which is <laughs> remarkable. Mean, yeah. Hey, Milan Lucic was traded. Anything can happen. Anything is possible. They did construct their team like they were trying to win the cup. The problem was they were doing it like they were about to win the cup in 2011. Yeah. Which is a problem. Yes. Because they don't play that style of hockey anymore. They were about to win the like cup. Louis Erickson, but I mean, like Louis Erickson would have been really nice on that 2011 team. But when when they signed him five years later, it wasn't as great. They're trying to go back and beat Boston in that Stanley Cup. That's what they're trying to do. But it's, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I just I want to see them. They have St. Louis coming up tonight. Then they have a real tough one in Chicago on Thursday. So let's see if they can. The Chicago score anymore? Oh, yeah, the Blackhawks have won a couple games on this road trip against the. Uh, Tough California. Com- oh, sorry. Never mind. No. Wait. No. Wait. Yeah. Never no. Mind. Um, I gotta say, they play San Jose tonight. They are. You know, last year we went through and we were trying to figure out who the most forgotten team is in the NHL for us. And last year it really was the Rangers. Like I just never saw them. They were never on highlights. I never took the time to watch them. They didn't have any players. It's for me. It's the Blackhawks this year, mainly because they don't have any games scheduled. Or because they suck. Well, they're, they're not a right good now. Team. I'll, I'll, I'm, here are two names of players that are not ranked in the top five of the Blackhawks in scoring this year. Okay, Brandon Sod and Jonathan Taves. <laughs> Jonathan Taves. Oof. I don't know what happened to Patrick Jonathan Kane. Taves. Looking around like, what is up here? What's going on? They've lost six of their last eight to teams like L.A. <laughs> Uh, I guess LA is the worst one. They've played LA like seventeen times this. Also, imagine yeah, if they that's didn't. The thing, I, uh, yeah. Imagine if they didn't sign Robin Laner. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the Corey Crawford thing. I mean, I, I don't want to see that guy have any more concussion issues. No. That's, but I am glad they tough. signed Robin Laner so that they can make sure they only have like the tenth pick in the draft instead of the first. <laughs> Patrick Kane and Alex yeah. DeBrincat have been fine. DeBrincat hasn't been what he was last season. Uh, Patrick Kane's been good. Patrick uh, Kane could put up points. Other than despite that, himself. Like, Mm, well, Dylan Strom has seven points in 13 games. Coyotes won the trade. Yeah. Coyotes won the trade. Officially done. It's over. Um, that's it. I don't think they would undo that trade. Duncan Keith has four points. Mm. Remember what I said at the beginning of the year? He doesn't belong on a top pair anymore. No. Love Duncan Keith. Love what he gave the Blackhawks, but he's not a top pair defenseman anymore. This blue line is awful. They are not a playoff team. They cannot be a playoff team with this blue line. Um, no, no, they, they are, they're not bad enough to warrant attention like Ottawa. Like, I feel like we talk about Ottawa every week just because they're Ottawa and they're a mess. If they didn't have Patrick Kane, they might be. Oh yeah, they would yeah. be. They would be. We never talked about the Brendan Perlini trade either. Yeah. Well, hey, okay. Okay. Well, I tried. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, we, we know what Brendan Perlini is, right? Guy with all the tools. You hope he figures it out at some point. Speed, the- size, shot. The Blackhawks at least have guys getting their first, like Adam Boquist and Kirby Doc. 
getting yep. career first goals. That's nice. Put those guys in the lineup, and when you get to the trade deadline, trade Duncan Keith. Yeah, you have trade to, right? Him. If you're not, if you're not. You're not able to trade Jonathan Taves, obviously, and if you're not willing to trade Patrick Kane because you still think you're going to challenge for the cup, then trade Duncan Keith, I guess. No, first you fire your GM who constructed this mess, and then you trade Patrick Kane in the offseason for a lot to start your future because this group of guys is done. They're not winning anything meaningful anymore. Um, We've got... 8,000 questions. So I'm going to start okay. in on these. Let's okay? go on the questions. First of all, I'm just going to read a couple in response to that column because Craig tweeted out. You didn't tweet out the actual column. People went and found it. I think they knew what it was. Tim writes in, can I add a question in the mailbag? When you guys read a total, um, I'm going to censor some of this, opinion hit <laughs> piece like this one, <laughs> what goes on in your mind? Do you want to give this guy a piece of your mind since he's got Sportsnet back in? Do you just have to nod and smile at Garvin? Well, I know, Mark. This? He's a nice guy. Is he? Yeah, he's I, a nice guy. I, I just I don't know why he wrote this. It, it, it was problematic on so many fronts. I've never had a problem with anything he's written before. Um, maybe I haven't read enough of his writing before. I don't know. But I that's based on – well, <laughs> you guys are both making faces. Maybe I haven't realized I've read his stuff before. I just – I know the name, and I was surprised to read something that is so factually incorrect and, like, adamant about it. Like, taking the stance that the Coyotes are slow and boring when it's – if you don't like the Coyotes, that's fine. But they're not slow. Nope. And they're not a low-event team. In fact, the data – just contradicts yeah. that bluntly and forcefully. This is the challenge when you try to attempt to speak articulately about something that you don't know and you're not willing to do the research or talk to the people to understand the topic. And we see this a lot in the world, just in general, huh. but a lot in the media world, but you would expect somebody or of... politics. Or, yes. Sorry. But of, of his... oh <laughs> of his job caliber to do. Luke was so, hovering over yeah. a button. <laughs> to, to do the work but there. But it doesn't do anything. I swear I have to take Craig's mic away again. You usually just take your own mic away. Oh, that's true. true. Um, yeah, I, I mean, look, it's it wouldn't be acceptable if he was covering 19 other teams, but the fact that he really just covers the Oilers means you have the time to do the research on who the Oilers are playing. Right? It's just a it's a weird it's just a weird article. Like he's acting like this is a, a trap team from 1998. Like that's not. Well, like, yeah, he did. He compared him to yeah. the Devils. Like, I don't under, understand uh, what nope. he's like. Nobody nope. played. First off, Styles don't look anything alike. Actually, and literally nope. nobody in the NHL plays like yeah, that. Yeah, you anymore. can't. That was legislated out of the league. You like, can't play that <laughs> style of hockey. Um, Steve writes in. It reads like a season. An angry season ticket holders after game Facebook post. I yes, can't disagree. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay, here we go. I'm gonna. There's. You guys talk while I scroll way down here on the. Scroll way down. Yeah, start. on our seven hundred questions. Well, because I want to start and just because we missed two weeks worth of questions. Yes, we oh, did. No, just we, our apologies for that. It was Luke's fault, really. It really was. Abs- I was going to say not anybody's fault. It definitely wasn't my fault because I remember suggesting I would come in and call both of you guys from the studio, and you were both like, "No, I'm getting fanned by a palm suggestion? frond." Do you yes. remember that suggestion, Jamie? That suggestion definitely, absolutely I that. happened. I have no recollection. Uh, of that. Why, why are you scoring there? Are we worried about the Rangers, particularly their goaltending? They give up six goals again. Last well, night, I mean, like, they're rebuilding. Uh, now they added those pieces, but they signed those pieces to long-term contracts. So in three years, they'll sure, still be there, still be playing well, and maybe you feel better about them. But I think but we all thought they might be a, a wild card. Think, team. I thought they'd be a little better team. than that. I, I, I did. So I will, I will cop to thinking the Rangers are going to. I'm worried be a about them this team. year. I mean, yeah. I mean, those guys are still young. Zmanjad's young. Great. Panarin is. Kako's looking. I mean, he's going to get up to speed. But it, it, well, that, and that's one of the problems, right? Yeah, but Cabo I mean, but what is, well, also, what is your long-term goaltending there? Like, how long is Lundqvist going to play? I mean, they're 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 making a concerted effort to to lighten his workload at the beginning of this year because they didn't last year and it was a problem. Yeah, they play Georgiev a lot, but he doesn't. He's not looking that great either. He's been nothing special. No. Neither, by the way, neither is Lundqvist. But no, and 
No, Lundqvist is – that's interesting because I would have thought he would look around in the offseason and be like, wait a second, I still have a chance. Like, I, I, I think most people thought Lundqvist was just going to sort of be put out to pasture on a terrible team to end at his career, and all of a sudden they at least went out and added some respectable pieces in Truba and Panarin and Kako, and you would think Lundqvist would come in here this year and have one of maybe like a renaissance season. He's not having it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's early. They could still make the playoffs. Sure, I'm just saying, I, I expected them to... This is a time where you thought, thought they could maybe push a little bit here. And 5-6-1, and one, just... Mm. Okay, uh, Joe Ducko. Joe Ducko. Okay. As they sit below the Kings in the standings, is panic time setting in for the Sharks? Do they start to sell? Um, Good question. I don't know at what point they get there, but we did suggest at the start of the season that they might be on the California curve, heading downward, just a little bit behind Anaheim and L.A. I, at... I don't think this is a very good team anymore. And granted, Joe Pavelski hasn't done a lot in Dallas, but he was still the heart and soul of that team. They've gotten older again, another year older. Carlson's getting booed on the ice. Carlson hasn't played well. He's Carlson injury prone. Their goaltending is atrocious. Uh, I don't record, think that's a playoff team. I still don't think the Anaheim's is, that bad. Who, who I just want to throw that in there. Anaheim has played better than I expected. They have. I, they have. I have to give Luke credit for that. Luke, yes. you were right. No, thanks, I, Jamie. I still don't think they're anything more than a mediocre team. No, they're Here's the problem: above average. who are you trading? That that's a great question. You're not. They're not. I, they're not moving on from 23 year old Timo Meyer or 25 year old Tomas Hurdle. Okay, no. you have Evander Kane signed for five more years after this season. You have Logan Couture signed until the day he dies, uh, along with Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, and Mark Edward Vlasic, who hasn't played a hockey game in three years. So, I mean, he has been, but like, I don't know where he's been. So, who are you trading off this team? Brendan Dillon. For, on a what on a get? rental, yeah. what are you going to get for him? Mm, I don't know. I wouldn't pay Martin Jones one point seven five, more or less five point seven five. I wouldn't pay one point seven five dollars. I mean, who are you moving? You're not going to move LeBlanc. Like, like you either you have the guys, the Myers, the Hurdles, the LeBlancs. Like those guys are not going anywhere. So who who are you trading off this roster? What what went wrong here? Other than the fact that Martin Jones is a human traffic cone, they got old. Yeah, but they, they lost the depth of this team. Yeah, why isn't Eric Carlson good at hockey anymore? I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, he's just be banged up. He went know? from winning the Norris. He won it twice, didn't he? He was a yeah. finalist every year there yeah. for a while. And the year that Ottawa made the Eastern Conference Finals, he was unreal. Which he was, was the year that Craig had to wear the wig? That was the year. Yeah, right. Was that year, all the time that Craig questioned Eric Carlson, he went out and had a career year. So Craig had to wear the wig, and he's been. On a steady decline ever yeah. since. Is he a top twenty-five defenseman this season? This season he hasn't been. No, he's close. Been miserable, and he's getting paid eleven point five million dollars forever. Year. Yeah, but Brent Burns is being paid forever too. Yeah, any team would have signed so Carlson. That's the thing. Any team would have signed Eric Carlson if they could have. Yep. So you can't blame the Sharks for that, but no. they could be screwed. No, they are, they are screwed. But they've got old players signed long term and. Look, the, the Burns and Vlasic deals are, please, Seattle, we beg you. We absolutely beg you, take this off our hands. I'd be calling Chicago and being like, look, Stan, we will give you Mark Edward Vlasic for, for Alex Debrinkhead. Yeah. <laughs> I'd do it for Brent Seabrook. Cut, oh, how, you, you cut take, four or five he, years off that deal? He, absolutely. He'd look good on this blue line. <laughs> Come, yeah, on. Again, Come on, Doug Wilson. Uh, your Blackhawk connection here. Come how many on. years does Seabrook have left on his deal? Three? No. Seabrook's still got Seabrook five. Seabrook five years on his deal? five or wow. six. I can't remember. It's either five or six. Is it possible he's just going into cap friendly and <laughs> editing it every year and adding years? <laughs> this is what I do beyond the bell. <laughs> Craig's just crying just sob. Find the bell. Just sob. But is it possible Brent five. Seabrook? Five. Seabrook, Seabrook runs cap friendly four. and just keeps adding years. And Bowman's like, well, I guess we got to pay him. Huh. 
contract, I thought we had only signed him through 22, 23. His contract actually it's ended crazy. three years ago. Uh, it's bad. Uh, Kevin, do you see any similarities between Vinny and Toby Reed are great guys and fan favorites, but can finish, can't finish the chances they create for themselves? Uh, uh, I mean, they're different players. Look, yeah. Vinny Hinnestrosa is... Plays at 100 miles an hour and has no idea what he's doing when he gets there. Uh, but Vinny, uh, no, Toby Reader's a north-south player. Yeah. Vinny's not a north-south player. He's, he's a north one player. of the best east-west yeah. players. East-west, Actually, yeah. he can he can dangle with the puck. He's just he hasn't had a lot. A lot of, he hasn't had any luck finishing this year. I'm starting to wonder if Vinny Hinnestrosa will ever score again. Vinny now, granted, too, like going into that Buffalo game, he only had 11 shots on goal the entire yeah. season. That's the thing, which it's, is. You look uh, and you're like, well, shooting per- obviously shooting percentage is zero because he hasn't scored. Yeah, well, yeah. But it's not like it's a good point, Craig. He doesn't have a ton of shots, so it's yeah. not even like, well, you're getting unlucky. Shoot the puck more now. And a, a lot of times he's playing on a line where he's in a shutdown role too, right? So you've 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 got him in a a role where they they actually like him and he can still be a guy who drives offense in that role. But I wonder at some point, do you do you think about moving Vinny up just to get him going, get him get him playing with uh, more skilled players? I guess. More skilled offensive players. I mean, maybe I. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just. I, I don't know. I, he to me seems like that. He's like a really good. He does a lot of things well, but he doesn't do anything great. I like having his speed. I mean, I, yeah, I do speed, like having his speed, speed lower in your lineup. But, but this is a contract year for Vidi, and he's yeah not helping himself. He, I'd like to see more confidence when he has the puck on his stick. I think he is helping the Coyotes more than his stats would indicate, but to Craig's point, you're kind of in a shutdown role. And look, the Coyotes are 19th in the NHL in goals per game. It's not like they are last year's Tampa Bay Lightning. But the way they are constructed, you're only asking so many guys to score. I mean, you want everybody to score, but a guy, if if Schmaltz is going to be playing the way he is and Dvorak's going to be playing the way he is, then yeah, a guy like Henestrosa sort of slides down into a more, let's play defensively, uh, that sort of role. So he has 16 shots on goal in 14 games. I mean, you're not going to score if you don't shoot. No. That's like the Michael rewording of, or something. of Wayne Gretzky's <laughs> Here's what John Chaika said. I did a Q&A with John Chaika while I was in Buffalo. Here's what he said. Vinny plays a tough role, and we all know that, but what makes Vinny special for us is he's capable of taking that defensive role and still pushing the pace and still tilting the ice and still being a productive player. When he's at his best, that's what he's capable of doing. I don't think we have seen him at his best yet. That's the bad news. The good news is the team has had success, and it's still early. Who? When was this said? Chaika said this uh, in Buffalo. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Christina, which Coyotes player would you say defines their position best based on play? Well, I'll go first, Darcy Kemper. <laughs> I'll go second, Darcy Kemper. <laughs> Darcy Kemper. Oh, okay. Uh, how about we go with skaters, since that's clearly the question she was trying to ask, and we don't need to anger our listeners. Oh, I, I wasn't trying to anger her. I was just like, how do you how do you get away from Darcy Kemper the way he's playing right now? The answer to every question for me is Darcy Kemper at this point. Darcy whether, Kemper! Whether it's about hockey or not. Shout out to Rick Moore in there. Um, you didn't even mention Brandon Tanev. I didn't mention Brandon Tanev. I love the people tag him on any tweet. It's not really a shout out. That's more of a just a yeah uh, trolling. Yeah, that's what you do. I, I mean, what do you mean by the, defines the role that they're in? I mean, it's Nick Jarmerson. If you want to talk about there playing the go. shutdown defenseman PK role, I mean, if you're trying to build a defenseman to do that, you build Nick Jarmerson. Well said, Jamie. Moving on. Uh, oh, I thought you guys were going to give a better answer. Um, um, Jamie gave a great answer. I gave, a, I gave an awesome answer, it's Luke. an excellent answer. I accept your apology. I'm trying to limit this to one question per person. It doesn't mean we don't like the multiple questions. No, we hate you. If we, don't, if we haven't answered your question, Luke hates you. That's at, are you going to ask the one that directly involved you? You're not. Are you, are you dodging that? I even 
subtweeted you I'm on it. I'm scrolling up. There's a lot of these. Should be in your mentions, your uh, particular mentions. This is a different Kevin. Okay. How panicked a are you? A different Kevin. Is yeah. that what it says? At a different Kevin. <laughs> how, how panicked are you if you're Tampa right now? They've looked horrible without Kucherov. Side note, I love the occasional non-Coyotes question just tossed in there. Sure. And, uh, hint, hint. No, I just I'm not panicked if I'm if I'm Tampa. I'll panic in April when I'm Tampa. Yeah, I'm not panicked yeah. yet, but they they do need to play better at some point here. But they're right around it, so yeah, you're okay. Um, I think Boston's going to run away with this division, though. No, I I do think that's yeah. like I keep saying. I, I winning talent, that division matters. The and talent not going level to. is so close in those top three that having just that awesome start well could very well be enough. You're almost better off if you're Tampa. Not that a team would ever do this, but you are almost better off just being a wild card team. Instead of playing Toronto in the first round, if you if you're still in this position, fifty games into the season, playing Washington instead, yeah, I mean that's not great either. So, <laughs> I mean, if you get by Washington, it's a, it's a lot easier at that point. Yeah. but I mean, Tampa's got to win the playoff game at that point to do that. Well, at some point, they're going to have to probably win a playoff game to win any any series. Is that how it works? Yeah, well, I I think so. Uh, Ken writes you in. Do they know that? Is no, I don't think so. I think they forgot that during the Eastern Conference Final two years ago. Is there any chance Jalmerson makes the trip to Chicago for the game on December 8th? Nope. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, no. no. Not the channel. Oh, we had a fourth? Yeah, no, yeah, no. They haven't I th- gone there I think yet. you broke the, the levels. Um, that's true. <laughs> you broke the levels on that. Nope. <laughs> it's impossible to normalize Craig's audio on these shows. No, I, I, it's possible to normalize Craig. I try hard. Uh, he's, he's, yeah, he's not normalizable. Michael, where does Hayton fit into the lineup? Normalizable. <laughs> Well, I was going like that or call you abnormal, and I feel like, I like not normalizable. Normalizable. It's a good no. word. You're not normalizable. Though. True. Nope. Where does Hayton fit into the lineup once Richardson returns, and who that's currently low in the standings can you see getting it together and bouncing back? So two different questions. So see, Michael got me to read two different questions, so you put them in the same tweet. Clever, Michael. You slide. Dog. Well played. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, aren't you I, glad you they haven't told me. I don't think they've decided yet. Brad Richardson will not play in Calgary tonight either. He did not join the team for the second game. So Barrett Hayton will play his eighth game of the NHL season tonight. One game away from the decision time, which dun, I don't really think dun, is a decision dun. anymore. It's unfortunate that somebody got hurt, especially Richie. But this happens. Guys get hurt. But we were talking a couple weeks ago that you know Hayton wasn't getting a chance to play and the team was People playing were panicking good. fans were angry especially in Sault Ste. Marie <laughs> <laughs> they um, thought the Coyotes development plan was awful they had no idea what they, they were doing they probably won in a back in Sault Ste. Uh, Marie you think yeah, yeah. Hmm, probably um, as far as teams that are going to bounce back that aren't in I mean obviously Tampa we expect to, to bounce back that, that isn't there now I'm but. looking at, at bottom two in each division I would say the Rangers I guess you're gonna bounce, they're going to bounce back. Well, I don't think so. I think they're an awful team. Okay, but here's your <laughs> here's your bottom two in each division: the Sharks, the Kings, nope. the Wild, the Blackhawks, the Devils, the Rangers, mm-hmm. the Red Wings, the Senators. Of those eight teams, it's the Rangers or the Devils. You would take the Devils over the Rangers. I might. I might. Would you take the Sharks? I, I watched both teams mm-hmm. on that road trip, and the Devils are a better team than the Rangers. They are, but they're goaltending. But that goaltending. <laughs> oh, do you need to see the picture of Corey Schneider again? <laughs> Lord, that goaltending. Just play with six guys. It's just easier. Just, uh, That's why the Coyotes won that game, let's be honest. Right, Tampa's third scored five goals. Yeah. Well, they, they bored them played. to sleep by playing so slowly. <laughs> That's, That's true. That's probably what it was. Um, like a metronome. <laughs> <laughs> and New Jersey's still hypnotized, apparently. That was a couple weeks ago. Adam writes in, Stepan only has four points and Keller's only goal is an empty netter. Which one is a bigger concern? 
Uh, also, Fish only has one assist. I don't want to give up. Him, but how does Tuckett justify giving him ice time over Hayden yeah, when Richardson I, comes I try. back? Um, let's let's let me quickly answer the second one, and then we can get into the first one. They're not going to justify playing Christian Fisher over uh, Barrett Hayden. I don't, and not unless Fisher starts producing. Well, but I like Fisher's game lately, and they really like that line. What they what they brought to the table. So you take him off, you change the complexion of that line. I like the way that line hems teams in, wears them out. I think they have good chemistry together. It would be nice if he started producing. Yes. We can't pull Austin Krause isn't producing either. Yeah. But Krause fought Kadri and it took like one punch. (laughs) Wow. It did only take uh, one punch. Trying to explain to people downstairs, like, Nazem Kadri's not a guy you just knock out. I mean, he didn't knock him out. But typically, if Kadri's going to get in a fight, it's a pretty good fight. Yeah. Uh, But what about Stepan versus Keller? I'm not in a fight. (laughs) I like Stepan. Stepan. He's got the beard, that right there. I'm not as concerned about Stepan as I think a lot of people are. Yeah, I mean, obviously he got the goal uh, last night, so it's five points now. Yeah, but this question was from yesterday. He, you you want more from him, and he has shown that he can produce more. But you're only really paying one of these guys long term, and he has one goal. Where he has 35 shots that aren't on the empty net, and he has not scored one yet. Yeah, I mean, he has not. Mm-hmm. Players on the team that play mm-hmm. forwards that have not scored a just a goal with a goalie in the net are Henestrosa, who we already talked about, Fisher, who's getting a ton of criticism, and Keller. And Brad Richardson, who's out. Yeah, active players, I meant. Um, you're, you're paying Keller a lot of money. He's going to have to get you 20 goals yeah, a season. He needs to score. And no excuses. There's, there's, there's no more excuses. You can't hit the 20 game mark and him still be in this kind of goal scoring slump. He has to score. We've heard so much about how he worked on his shot in the offseason. Not seeing it. No. Not seeing it. Got to score. Are you worried at all that October's over and that's usually when he does? No, I'm at, that's too small a sample size to say, oh, well, the past two Octobers, so this is who he is. I, I don't know if he's Brian Savage yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, if he if he wears down over the course of the season, it does seem like teams are being more physical with him. Well, I feel yes. like he should stop doing that at this point in his career. Like if there, it becomes a character flaw if that's a, if that continues for multiple seasons. I get it happening in rookie year. I get it even happening in a sophomore year. At some point, if you're not conditioned for the season, that's on you. I, I still think he can be stronger, don't you? I think he can be stronger. Clayton Keller could be stronger than he is. Look what Barrett Hayton did. Granted, he's a different frame. I'm not saying Keller has to be bulky, but I think he could be stronger. And he again, keep going to the net. Well, keep I feel, going I feel, to the net. I mean, Connor Garland goes to the net. Yes. Yeah, which is why he leads the team in goals. Yeah. But, and and so this is, I don't know if you're going to get this question at some point, but... Uh, I'm trying. So, somebody... <laughs> uh, one of the listeners asked us, is finding a goal scorer still a priority for the Coyotes? And it absolutely has to be. Yeah. Because they still don't have anybody on this team that's a goal scorer. And I know... I know everybody's in love with Connor Garland, and I know Fox Sports Arizona is going to put up enough Connor Garland like glamour shots to make everybody think he, he's a Hall of Famer. But let's be realistic here. If Connor Garland finishes the year with 20 goals, that is a big season for him. They need somebody else on this team that can score. He has Garland has 20 goals in 61 career games. So I do. What do you think he is over the course of, let's say, the next five years of his career? How many goals per season do you think he I averages? I think he could be a 20 goal scorer yeah, because think, of the way he plays. I'm but, pretty confident he's going to get you 18 to 22. But, the, every but that's year. the upside. Yeah. But, yeah. That's that's not going to get it done. No, you need more guys. Uh, yeah, you need somebody else. It, not you know, hopefully, Phil Kessel heats up at some point, yeah, depending I mean, on who he's playing with. You know, and, yeah. and uh, look, and Rick has said this too on the power play, and I think they're trying to do it a little more. Although the power play was uh, last night, Kessel needs the puck. Yeah. Get him the puck in his spots on the power play. Well, and he let did. Him, yes. 
Well, you, you, are you talking about the goal the other night? Or? Yeah, not on the power play. I'm just saying, like, hating out there, I just felt like Kessel was more... Kessel, by the way, is second on the team in points with nine, so yeah. it's not like and he's not he could anything. have literally could have six to eight more assists. Yeah, uh, like you look at some of the plays he has set up for guys. Wow, you didn't finish that, really? He did everything but put the puck in the net for you. Yeah, yeah. so I, I have no problem with the way Phil Kessel has played so no, far. No, no, no. But he's also he's not a shoot first guy. You don't have a he's shoot a great first guy passer. on the roster. He's, he's an a unbelievable great passer. passer. Uh, he's an unbelievable player. Like watching him he really up is. close, he's, yeah. he does so many things so well to the point where we talked about this on the last show. A lot of the guys on the team aren't anticipating the way Phil Kessel's anticipating, and when I expect that to change as they play with him more in the course of right. the year, well, Kessel's setting him up, and they're looking at it like I had no idea he was even going to attempt to pass this yeah. puck to me. That needs what, to change. What do you think of what what they've done with the lines recently? And I know it's you know lines are so fluid, but what do you think about playing Hayton with him? I, I like it. At least I at least want to see it because yeah. I don't. It's not like Hayton has been playing with other Coyotes the last few years and is sort of used to them. That's almost what it felt like with Keller and Stepan for a little bit, is that they were just kind of used to, we've played together, and then a third guy, whether it's whoever that's yeah. that's currently on the team, and it did just sort of seem like Kessel was a little out of place, whereas Kessel and Hayton, how would they have ever played together before? They, they weren't here last year. And so, I don't know, I just I, I think there might be something there. What did you think of the lines last night? What do you think of Hayton on the left side, Dvorak in the middle on the top line? I don't mind that. I'm okay with it. I'm not I'm not wild about Christian Dvorak at the top of the lineup. He's done so many things well and he's played so well this year. I get why they're doing it. How I guess my question is, how far are we away from Barrett Hayton moving to the middle? It's a lot more responsibility. So yeah. it's it's it, you you play a guy in the wing, it it does ease his ter- transition, but how far are we away from all right, let's try it. This is why he's here. This is who he's going to be. We have Phil Kessel. Let's try it. And granted, again, things are fluid here, right? Guys yeah. will switch. Although try, let, try it for a game or two, you mean? Or try yeah, it for like or, the second half of the season? I, mean, I, think I, I don't know. And, and again, positions shift depending on situations on the same shift. We, I, I wrote about this with Dvorak and Schmaltz when they were playing together. You're not always the center just because you're listed there. It changes depending on who's back first or if you want someone else carrying the puck through the middle of the ice. But is there a point at which you just say, this guy might be our best playmaker through the middle? That's hard to say, too, because she got Nick Schmaltz, who's doing ridiculous things with the puck. Yeah. But he's a two-way. He's a 200-foot yeah. centerman, so he can give you the defensive side of it Hayden as well. Yeah. yeah. How long before you say, let's try this with Phil Kessel, because we've seen some early returns that are pretty exciting. And, and he can keep up with them. Like, the, the, yeah. He can keep up the pace on that line. I mean... You have a lot of centers that you can move around in different spots there. I mean, Schmaltz can play perfectly fine on the wing. Christian Dvorak's played better on the wing at times. I mean, you. I mean, Richardson's going to be down the middle, but and so is Stepan. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. I think you're going to have. It would ease a lot of issues for the Coyotes if he's able to hold that role and have success in it and get Kessel going. Yeah, I can't even say get Kessel going. Well, Kessel's going. It's just yeah, but he, to have to, to have a have running more. mate, yeah, who can produce. Yes, I just I like the way that Hayton got he got put on that line with Kessel on Saturday and ran with it. You Didn't know what I mean? Look like, too big for him at all. You have to Didn't know look too big for him. It's amazing when, when they first put him in the lineup this season. Because remember, he was sitting a lot. He got in the lineup and, and he made his impact. You know, so it's like okay, now we have to kind of think about putting him in again. Now you put him on the top line, and he makes an impact. So to me, the fact that he's able to do it within the first game of being put in these roles is encouraging. Keller's shooting percentage, by the way, to go back to the original question, is two point six. So yeah. I would think that's going to go up. You would think. 
But well, it should because it's gotta, zero. He's got to show some signs here. Like, but but of of the guys that the RFAs to be that they signed to long term contracts, you're feeling pretty good about the rest of those guys now, mm-hmm. especially now because. Jacob Chikrin's starting to play really well. And last night... That was his best game of the year. Oh, yeah. That was his best game He's of the year. He's getting more ice time, And he too. was shutting down elite players. He was really good last night. Yeah, that that is my... I guess if you want to concern with Keller, is I, I can't point to a game where I'm like, oh, he's getting it. And, and I when they're down 2-1 to one in the third period... How many players are you confident are going to score a goal for the Coyotes over him? Like it's Schmaltz, it's Kessel, it's Garland yeah. at this point, it's Soderberg, probably somebody on defense. Like uh, Alex Golgoski has nine points. No, I mean, he's got one goal. But Alex Golgoski's played well this year. Mm-hmm. I I don't find myself in the third period thinking they need a goal. This is a tight two one game. Kel- like I, Keller's not going to get no, it. No, he else. hasn't even come to mind. And, and look, and we said this on the Hayton, show. I would take Hayton over him, and he only has one career goal. And we said this on the show a lot. The expectations for Clayton Keller are different. They are higher, as they should be, because of his his raw skill and the amount of money he's about to get paid. They are justifiably higher than most other players on this team. Maybe all other players on this team. Right. He's he, also the youngest of those guys we yes. just talked about, too. So you, you keep that in mind as you as you look at their development, because there have been criticisms of the other players as well. Sure. Are they Are they coming along? Well, Nick Schmaltz is now. Well, Christian Dvorak is now. Well, now Jacob Chikrin is, too. So maybe the Coyotes know what they're doing with development here, too. So let's give this a little more time. But I agree. I mean, he's... But yeah, I'm not, not giving up on Clayton yeah. Keller by any means. No. But, I, but we've talked about this with our expectations. The reason why we're hard on him is because he has the potential to be a true bona fide first line forward on any team in the league he has that potential he hasn't shown that yet but he has that potential and that's why i think we're hard on him if he was a guy like all right he's a middle six forward that has you know 15 goal upside we wouldn't care i think he has the potential to be a a first line passer on a team i know that's not like really a term but i the the lack of goal Production. Well, he's, yeah, he's unless he completely changes his style, he's not going to be a thirty goal guy. Uh, no, I just I'm worrying about him being a twenty goal guy the way he's playing. Because look, the the concept is he's going to be the second highest paid player on the team next year, and he is not the second best player on this team. Nope, not he's, right now. I don't even know where he is, but he's yeah. not. He's not. Top I, look, two. and I'd even be okay if Clayton Keller scored low twenties as long as he's putting up the types of assists he is right yeah, now. Right, get the assist. so get the productivity, get the points up. But yeah. I I just need to see more of an impact on the game from him. And he is, you know, if you look at the underlying numbers, he's getting chances. So there's some positive things. They think there are some things that you can build on. But he's not a bad player. No. He's just not a second highest he's not paid a dynamic player, player. I don't see a dynamic play out of him most of the time. I don't feel like he's impacting the game. He, this is where I notice him. I feel like I don't notice him for... 80% of the game right now, but when he has the puck in the zone, you think, like, oh, he can make a ridiculous pass right here. Like, he has that sort of, this he, could be a really good but play. But he doesn't always do it. Like, I, I bring up that point on the power play in the third period where he's got two guys straight. I know he's on his backhand. It's a harder pass, and he's going full speed, but I would like to see a player of his skill level attempt to make a great play. Just attempt it. He seems hesitant, right? Yeah. Like, look, maybe maybe gets blocked, doesn't go through, and, and, and they clear the zone. But... Instead, you just make the boring play and nothing happens out of it. Like I like to see him say, look, I am a high-skilled player in this league. I'm going to take a chance that I can get this through to Phil Kessel or take a chance to get this through to Dvorak and see what happens. Because I do think that even 30% of the time, that's going to be an A-plus scoring chance. And that is better off than just making the safe play back to the point when you don't need to on the power play. I like the potential of him playing with Schmaltz. I do like that. Um but I like anybody playing with Schmaltz right now. <laughs> well, yeah, but him and Schmaltz look Offensively, good last year. Offensively, Nick Schmaltz is just, oof, he's dialed in. But they got to get, 
they're going to have to look. I mean, they're winning games with Jalmerson out and Keller and not Richardson really being out. there. Yeah, and playing half these games with five defensemen for. Yeah, Big Jordan Osterley yeah, goes out again last night. By the way, I think Jordan Osterley is okay yeah. after last night. It sounds like he's okay. That was a sca- and, uh, you know I look looked at the play and I know people were freaking out. I, I didn't think it was egregious as because a lot of other Zach plays Cassie. that I've yeah. seen because of his it was, history. It was, yeah. it was a slightly late, but it wasn't horrible. Yeah, I think even Tyson uh, sort of tempered what he initially said and saying, you know, Zach Cassian, who finishes his checks, he you finish your checks. That's what you're taught to do. And yeah, yeah, I I, I didn't. I didn't go crazy over that play like yeah. some people did. Probably could have been a minor penalty, sure. but like, eh, I mean, it wasn't. Talk certainly wanted a, a penalty well, I, on it. Yeah. You get that. But the referees put their whistles away for most of the end of that game. Yeah, there was a, <laughs> Oliver had a takedown of someone. I'm trying to remember who it was. Had a, like a cross check in the back takedown of someone that wasn't called yeah. in that game. So, okay. Uh, there were parts of that game that felt, I don't want to say like a playoff game, but felt like a late season making was, a, a playoff. That was a fun game. It yes. was. It was entertaining. No, no. It was boring and slow. Oh, yeah. that's right. I forgot. And Edmonton got a point, so I don't know why he's event, so upset. Yeah. Those low event coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eldon, do the coyotes face more backup goalies than any other team? And is that a benefit, drawback, or no change? I don't know. The answer. Yeah, I, I haven't know. studied it. I don't have the numbers. I, I on believe, that. In, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. Don't they play? Don't the teams that are coming in playing Vegas quite frequently before the Coyotes? Were, that was, was the case last year. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's still happening this year because I know two years ago it was the opposite. Yeah, everyone played the Coyotes first. And look, sometimes uh, a team will play a guy that is a quote unquote backup against you because his numbers are terrific against you, like Yaroslav Halak, who was just Halak's not a backup. <laughs> no, he's not a backup. I mean, he look is, at Boston's goaltending situation. Yeah. Come and, on, and more he and more was fantastic in that game, and he was fantastic last season. Yeah. And more and more teams are really yes. using a two goalie rotation now. Like there, are, there were maybe what seven teams that you're like, okay, this guy's going to play sixty games this year, and that's it. It is interesting though, just because if you play Vegas and the Coyotes back to back, it doesn't matter what order. Either way, the teams traditionally have been putting their best goalie against Vegas because Vegas is a cup contender. I do wonder if that's going to change because you don't usually say, "Okay, we're going to play our backup on the second night that consistently. It's just more if you're catching a team on the second night, they should be worn down. But I do want to see now as teams as the season goes on, if the Coyotes keep playing like this, if we see Vegas face more backups. But I mean, the Coyotes faced Carey Price the other night. It's it's not like it's I don't I don't think the Coyotes are sneaking up on other teams at this point. No. What I'm just laughing at somebody responding to the, uh, the the Spectre article saying, ironic that in the same article he quoted Tippett saying Joel Person couldn't keep up with the pace of the game. Yes, mm-hmm. we actually mentioned that. Yes, yeah. it is ironic. But you haven't heard that it was, yet because we haven't I don't know if it's ironic. Podcast. I think it's a, a direct contradiction of what he just wrote in the previous whatever, however many paragraphs. Yeah. Uh, Seth is the worst. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, Seth. Damn. What is your favorite hockey nickname? Referencing the article on the site Craig feeds his children by working for uh, oh, he's talking about the down goes brown. Yeah, piece. Oh, nicknames. I didn't have a chance to see that yet. Oh. Uh, Soda bug for Soderberg when he was in Boston, just because yeah. that's what it sounds like. I, I got to give it, give it up for Boston fans. They come up with terrific. Yeah, movies. I like pasta. How yeah, do you they, not like pasta? They just take pasta. The R's. Yeah, we're just pasta. We're not going to say the R. So here we go. Soda bug is pretty good. Soda bug's yeah. pretty good. Uh, Breadman is still Breadman is a good one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Ghost bear for Shane. Goss Ghost bear was fun. Was good Ghost, with the emojis. Breadman. Another former Blackhawk who still look good in black um, colors. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. You need a save on a penalty shot in overtime for the cup. Who are you guys taking, Martin Jones or Craig Morgan? I take we Craig. Did, well, as, hey, I, hey. as I asked, I need clarification. Are we shooting pucks or oranges? <laughs> See, and I know the oranges tend to find. By Craig. the way, none of those oranges found their way into the net. Oh, that's what I'm saying. So if we're shooting but, oranges, I go. But Craig. in fairness, I think that was just a credit to the. 
excellent aim of Hamilton's fan base. <laughs> they <laughs> were all intending you. to hit me, not score. <laughs> and they all did. Uh, uh, the Coyotes have to be favorites in the West, question mark. This is from Coach East Jack. Favorites in the West? Favorites? No, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say favorites? that. Favorites? Let's talk about favorites. Roll out two bona fide number one goalies. Studs each and every night. Okay, the second part's true. I mean, that's that, a huge but they advantage. may have the best goaltending tandem in the West. Do they? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think they have the best goaltending tandem outside of Boston. Okay. So number two in the league. Yeah. And I do want to look at this. Yeah. I'll try to do this for next week, and I'll definitely forget. Uh, yeah. But if you started to go through and rank all the goalies right now, they have two of the top fifteen in the NHL. The Coyotes. I'd say that, that sounds about right. Yeah. Boston has two of the top 15. I think the Coyotes have two of the top 15. Plenty of teams don't have any in the top 20. <laughs> so that is a tremendous advantage. I mean, there are similarities to... I, I don't know. I mean, just having that advantage, they're not a team I'd want to play in the playoffs, necessarily. But I wouldn't make them the favorites. I don't know who the favorites are, though. Neither do I. I have no idea what's going on in the West. Yeah, I don't think you can confidently no say anybody in the Especially West. Especially with Vegas just sort of muddling along here. I I don't know. Look, somebody's Nashville. Gonna, somebody's going to get hot. Coyotes match up good against Nashville. Yeah, somebody, they so, always play well against that's Nashville. True. Yes. Someone's going to get hot here and win like nine of ten in November or December, I'll and then see. we're going to have a better idea of who that is. You but, sound yeah, like John Travolta when he's well. Said it's Vegas true. There. I mean, we haven't even we haven't even hit the twenty game mark yet. This is, uh, so many coaches say until you hit the twenty game mark, even maybe even a little later, you don't really know the character of your team. In the case of St. Louis, I would say you wouldn't know. I mean, January St. 4th. Louis, look look what St. Louis proved. Yeah. Anybody can come back from. Uh, Oh, when yeah. will we hear it? Oh, when who is, it's coming. Who is this? No, it's coming. Louis. Who's going to pr- say it? Who's going to be the first team to use St. Louis as an example? It's San Jose. San Jose. Okay. Yeah, it has to be Doug San Wilson will use it? Okay. Yeah. And they'll be wrong, but it has to be San Jose. <laughs> it will be wrong. Well, well, maybe, can they find a magical goaltender like they like St. Louis did? Because if they do, they might finish ninth in the West. Who? <laughs> <laughs> San Jose San can Jose. find a magical Which goaltender. Which is where uh, <laughs> projections they got, still have the Coyotes. Yeah. Um, Ninth in the West. Yeah, I, I really? don't buy that. Yeah, I, I don't buy it either. I know it's early, but um, what's your favorite Coyotes trade rumor of the moment? This is from Todd and Phoenix. I haven't heard any trade rumors. I really yeah. haven't either. Nobody's really looking folks. to make any trades. I mean, they may be a team if they're still in the playoff hunt around the trade deadline that adds a scorer on oh, the wing, which oh, is that's right. really pretty much all you want to do at the trade deadline is add a wing. So probably Oliver ekman Larson for William Nylander. That's probably what uh, the, my favorite so rumor. Yeah, okay. OEL again. You haven't heard that in a minute. Okay. Um, a dangle snipe belly. How OEL much? who gets crushed by a lot of uh, analysts, but then, oh, we'd like to add OEL to our team. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, he's terrible. That's why you should give him to us for our guy there, we're there's a, I, there's a pretty big disparity between what hockey people tend to think about Oliver Ekman Larson and what out-of-market media perceives Oliver Ekman Larson to be. Yeah. Out-of-market out media just points to him getting burned by Connor McDavid and says, that's the only play he's had all season, so he must be terrible. Production. They look at his production. They look at his, some of his. Yeah, but, but it's there's so many situations. Again, I, the sort of data that are out there are useful. I like having it accessible, but it does not tell the whole story. Um, I can't find the name now, but somebody I whispered that didn't I? You did. Somebody wrote Mario or Luigi. I'm kind of a Luigi guy. Are you? I Mario's can say that. a little too out there. You know, just a little too showy and I think he's self-absorbed and. Yeah, oh, so we, Luigi's Luigi's low key is kind of a good dude, but he, I think he likes animals too, right? On the, I, I haven't done my research on on these I two. Think Luigi's Luigi's my. Uh, guy. I'm going to go with Lemieux. Yes, yeah, Lemieux. That's yeah. that's why I'm going to go with Mario because he because he reminds me of Mario Lemieux. 
Okay. And also Luigi. I'm confused. I'm, I'm just totally just ignoring the question. And also, <laughs> I'm going with another Mario. Luigi's. I didn't like the way he jumped in that game. He's got higher. He's got better hops than Mario. Yeah, but he couldn't control it because he would pedal his feet in the oh, air. True, and wow. so if you had to jump you know, on a small just exuberance, thing, yeah. you would just yeah. Well, that's fine. We'll get it together, Luigi. Luke's, Luke's a Wario guy. Mm, no, no. Uh, Mario, you at least he wasn't a great jumper. I'll give you, but you at least knew where he was going to land. Luigi, it was just like, hey, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. This guy, this, this guy, guy these over guys. Here. Uh, Mike, how Hi, many Mike. teams are legitimate cup favorites right now, and which ones are they? Oof. They're all in the East. Yeah, <laughs> no. I don't know in the West. I'm not going to write Vegas off yet. Yeah, I, I mean, I, they should get it together. But in terms of teams that are playing like legitimate cup contenders right now. Boston, Washington. Washington. Uh, That's it. That's it. (laughs) Um, We know Toronto is a cup favorite. I'm not buying this. Oh, they're a little bit above 515 games in. They, they to me, are still on the very short list of, what, four teams that could win the cup. I still think Tampa is on that list, although if they miss the playoffs, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, all four of those teams are in the West. Or in the East, I'm sorry. In the West, I would say Vegas. I would say Nashville, I guess, but these are all sort of matchup-based. If Nashville played the Coyotes in the first round of the playoffs, I think I'd take the Coyotes because they always play Nashville well. They do. But if Nashville didn't have to play any... T- it's like a paper, rock, scissors to get through the Western Conference. If you play the right I think teams, it's rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, that, that's how you say it. Is it rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. No, I don't think no, so. No, 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 it paper, is. Rock, that's how normal people say it. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Oh, what, what's the logic behind that? There's no logic okay. behind it. There's never been logic it's behind just today, rock, paper, like scissors. Facebook in all caps. It's how the way you have to say it now. Paper rock right. scissors is based. Mark Zuckerberg's yelling at us. It's yes, right. it if we needed, like if it, we needed more it? bad things about Facebook, it does feel like it. No, he's just. I don't know what that's about. He can it's hear just us. Weird. Also, they're going to change their logo because they have a lowercase f as their logo. Mm. All sorts of spending on branding. If you had free run of an arena, where would you watch a hockey game? Suites, benches, penalty box, other. Question mark. Sweets, benches, penalty box. Center ice. Definitely not penalty box. I got to look through no. glass. Yeah. Center ice about 10 rows up. Center ice about 10 rows up. Okay. Yeah, I would say. I don't mind the sweets actually. I would say like sweets, center ice. You get to see yeah. the play develop. Yeah, but you guys are bougie. I want to sit down and actually watch the game. So I would say about 10 rows up. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't know it was bougie. ten rows up. Is not bougie. Okay. Yeah. No suites are bougie. I, they're probably similarly priced tickets. So yeah. okay. Yeah, but I want to be near the action. But you don't want to sit too close. Otherwise, you can't see the. Whole I mean, I, I. I don't. That's the problem. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. I like to see the play develop. I do. I mean, the press boxes in the NHL are a joke. They're too high up. Yeah. 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 They have to squint to tell who I'm looking at. But but, but like ten to fifteen rows up is where we sit for practice. And you can basically sit wherever you want for practice. Yeah, that's not, that's but, not but, ideal. But for Craig me, doesn't want to so mingle with the people. That, yeah, that's also true. Because yeah. it's only amongst the, the people. Truth comes out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Don't want to have to talk, talk to the audience. audience. <laughs> um, another one from Todd and Phoenix. There's rumors the Devils are interested in acquiring Auntie Ron. Oh no. Okay, yeah, I'm sure they are. They don't have a goalie. <laughs> that's nice. They're not getting him. The Coyotes <laughs> are not trading Auntie Ranta, folks. Let it go. Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> Seriously, let it go because they need two goalies. They need two goalies. Yeah. You need two goalies. This is their strength. No, their guy down in Tucson or Eric Comrie, they're not ready to hand the situation to I, them. I they need two goalies. I would accept Jack Hughes. Yeah, that'd be okay. Yeah, okay. Jack Hughes, you, you can have Jack Ranta. Hughes, sure. Yeah, so anything go. short of that, now. We'll even put him in a package for you. Yeah. We'll give you another player. Um, yeah, you but who's say that, Jamie? Yeah. You'd be better at that. 
Yeah, you sounded like a package for you. You're about to sing a song. For use. (laughs) For use, guys. (laughs) For use, guys. Some sort of British song. Loyal Sif, do you guys think Chai can finish with the team? Ranter. You have to call him Ranter then. Rants. Yeah, I want to give you Ranter. Rants. With uh, the team anymore this season, or does he leave it be? We're we're talking about making fun of No, I'm only asking the question once. Um, (laughs) John Chaika, do you think he fiddles with the team anymore this season, or does he leave it be? If they are in playoff contention at the trade deadline, I could see him adding something else. Keeping in mind that John Chaika is not fond of trade deadlines because you tend to overpay, just like he's not fond of free agency because you tend to overpay. But if they could add a, a player that could add some scoring on the wing, I, I could see that helping this team. Yeah, scoring on the wing, and if if there's a long term injury that's somewhere else in the lineup, maybe. How are you feeling about John Chaika's performance thus far, by the way? Or as Dan Milstein calls him, Johnny Chaika. Johnny Chaika. I think that's what Wolf calls him, too, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Johnny? Johnny. Johnny. I love that. Johnny. Love Johnny. Hey, Johnny. Uh, in his deep voice. I, I think he should do Wolf's voice. Johnny. Hey, Johnny. <laughs> I think he should have kept Toby Reader and Scott Wedgwood. I yeah, don't know no, whatever happened a... in that deal. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, all the John Chaika critics. Not, Wedgwood not really sounds like a club, doesn't it, in golf? There should be a Wedgwood. Yeah. Uh, okay, these are the last four we're doing. We're off the rails. Yes. That sounds like a hybrid club. It does. Mike Ford, which Coyotes player is most likely to dress up for Halloween to pass out candy? I'm guessing Jason Demers. Well, you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In fact, he did. He dressed as a piano, but it was all his wife's idea. Uh, Michael. <laughs> Girlfriend's at, idea? Wife's? Girls? Is girlfriend for? Oh, no, he'll, he'll correct you. At yeah. what point this season does Bowman trade to Brinkett to get Richard Ponick back? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this is the time where you wish you had Richard Ponick so you could trade him for Alex <laughs> DeBrinket. <laughs> um, oh, Jamie's boy McQuinnon writes in, but he's not writing about Colorado. This may make some of you cringe immediately, but should the Coyotes pursue signing Alex Galchenyuk because of UFA over the summer? I, I don't see I that don't, happening. They won't. I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think they he won't. really hasn't played yet for the no. Penguins. No. Um, how's, how's that trade working out? You know, okay. I, I'm waiting for the Chica critics. I haven't really heard many of them lately. Last one. Coyote in Philly. What are the best and worst candy things to receive while tricking or treating? Oh, the worst? Candy, candy corn candy is slash thing. definitely yeah. among the worst candies well, out anything there. That's candy not corn candy. is awful, and I don't it's care if you don't like this take because you're not smart. Yeah, candy corn's trash, but <laughs> I don't anything hate candy corn. Anything, candy corn is disgusting. Well, I'm not talking to you specifically. I'm well, talking you have to bad taste listeners look. who like candy corn. Okay. Do you like candy corn? It's not my first choice. Mm, but do you? You didn't answer the question. I That's a dodge. Ask your specific no, question. That's I a dodge. Well, I don't want to like pick up my Halloween bag and have loose candy corn just laying in so the bottom. So candy of corn it. in a bag. But would you accept candy corn and consume candy corn? Depends how hungry I am. Not mm. much of it, because once you eat like three, it's you're disgusting. Your teeth feel yeah, different. Disgusting. Yeah. It's one of the worst candies ever made. Yeah, I don't bad. like candy that makes my teeth feel different. By the way, let, let's get. I want to get on this rant too because my daughters are still of trick or treating age, and a lot of people are handing out Snickers. Kids don't like Snickers. Don't hand out Snickers. It's an adult candy bar, okay? Wow. Don't give kids Snickers. It was a bad choice. Don't buy the mix pack that has like half Snickers and then some other things in it. Snickers suck. That's what kids think. <laughs> also, anything if you're giving out candy. Snickers to kids, you hate children. I don't, yes. I don't think. And never like give Snickers. anything that's not candy. I, I don't. don't I, I don't want your your toothbrushes. Here's a penny. Your fruit. The penny. Your inspirational pamphlets. <laughs> like the Charlie Brown one. Right? I got a rock. rock yeah. The, the, the pennies are the worst because they would mess up the other candy in right. your bag. Yeah, too. They're filthy, man. Pennies yeah. are filthy. They are the Sam Gagne of trick or treating because they're bringing down the rest of oh, the product. They're carrying diseases from everywhere. They're like cockroaches in your Halloween candy. Might as well just put a cockroach Sam in there. Sam Gagne <laughs> you really don't like Snickers that Snickers much. Snickers huh? are. No, I'm not saying I hate Snickers. Kids, Kids don't. don't like they're, Snickers. They're boring. They're the most boring candy. Pretty bar much out there. don't 
give a kid something with nuts in it. First no. of all, all the nut allergies out there, think That's about true. that first of all. But but kids, by and large, don't like candy with nuts. I would, so don't give that stuff out. I would agree Milky Way is better than Snickers. Oh, and it's yeah. basically Snickers minus Reese's, the peanuts. Skittles, kids yeah, love Skittles. Skittles. Skittles always go off the racks. Skittles are good. Nerds. Yeah, nerds. all that stuff. Nerds are great. Jamie's just rattling through what he ate. For Jamie breakfast. knows what he's doing here. Yeah. He's he's paid attention. He, Jamie likes children. Sk- Skittles, uh, Skittles just eat through your teeth. So candy That's fine. corn, like need who needs enamel? Awesome. Skittles are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you can have like and Skittles were in our Halloween basket, of course. And what went first? What were we out of first? Skittles. Yeah. So in spite if, of the fact we tried to bury him, the kids would dig through the basket because yeah. you give a kid. A little bit of license at trick-or-treating. It's not – you know, a lot of people will hand them the candy. Yeah. Here's what you will take from me. Yes. We say, go ahead and take two. And these kids will just uh, dive uh, into that basket and, and find what they And if they grab want. a third, you will not believe what Craig will do. I no. punch them. Yeah. <laughs> and also – Right in the face. If you live in the – I won't give away Craig's exact address. But if you live in the Phoenix well, area – George Mouse. already did. <laughs> George can George, tweet it out. Yeah, follow George on Twitter. Um, if you live in the Phoenix area and you gave out Snickers and somebody egged your house, I would assume it was Craig, apparently. I no, didn't know there was some I might have been behind scenes. it, at least. Yeah. I might have organized it. <laughs> Craig, so, so are, Craig coordinated the, the whole thing. So are you of the mind, it's candy over chocolate for kids? Yeah. No, they like chocolate, too. But Just like, don't put nuts in it. Yeah. But like Kids don't like chocolate with nuts. Three Musketeers is great. But I would consider that a more boring candy bar. It's just chocolate yeah, I don't, kids, around chocolate. Yeah, kids, kids like it. Through the three, I don't, three Musketeers, Musketeers is trash. But that's but my Jamie hates everything. We're not talking about you. I no. hope you're but not why still trick-or-treating. Are you why still trick-or-treating, Jamie? <laughs> Are you still you trick-or-treating? You Jamie dressing up like Ric Flair and going <laughs> trick-or-treating? No, but see, see, here's, see I, I did the adult version we, of trick-or-treating. Can we make that happen through Photoshop, please? <laughs> I did the adult version where I got dressed up and went somewhere and had to pay money to get candy. And then I sent you a picture of an Idaho spud. Wait. Well, that's, Stop, that was, back okay. up. Back up two steps. Okay, sorry. You dressed up. Yeah, not my idea. And you had to pay well, to go trick or treating. So, so, well, we went. To, uh, no, Jamie has I went, nine wives. Yeah, no, just, I went to Mill. Oh no, let him bury himself without interruption. I, w- I went. To, my girlfriend and I went to Mill Avenue, and <laughs> we went to the Your candy nine attic wives shop. Know about this? Okay. No, because I went with my girlfriend. Okay. They were they were at home with the my imaginary kids or whatever. I don't know what they do. They're they're in different states. Uh, <laughs> I just send them a check each month. I don't worry about it. Like it's, I don't have to. I don't have. I, I, I don't have to care. That's why I send them money. You're right. He is burying himself. This is fun. <laughs> we shouldn't have talked for the entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I highly recommend uh, Candy Addict on Mill. Not, not a sponsor, but can be. What, wait, finish the story here. We're you, over three you, hours. You paid to yes. what was it? I didn't pay to trick or treat. I paid for candy on Halloween. Oh, you, you paid I, you for candy. Like you paid so, to go so in explain a... this to me. So they have Canadian Smarties at that place. Which, are which place? At Candy Addict. And what is Candy Addict? Explain it, to it our listeners. It is a giant candy shop with a lot of exotic candies. Okay, on so you just went and bought candy. You went yes. to a candy store and bought candy yes. in costume. In costume. Okay. I Were there like, other people in costume? Yes. I was a lion. A lot of people. <laughs> wow. Still looking for his courage. Oh. What a shame. Uh, any, any other questions? <laughs> Highly recommend Canadian Smarties, by the way, if you could find them. Why are they, how are they different from American Smarties? Well, they're more like M&M's. They're not as they're slow chocolate. and boring, Craig. They're fast uh, They're actually really nice. They're like giant M&M's, but they're of a creamier taste to them. There's, it's a lot okay. softer chocolate. What? It's very nice. It, they're really good. You ever had them? They're great. Canadian that, Smarties are chocolate. Yeah. So there, there are there are two Canadian candies I love. They're Smarties and Coffee Crisp. Okay. But they're I've had excellent. Coffee Crisp. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> How many people would you say were dressed up in this? Oh, in candy there, like, shop? Uh, two dozen. Probably two dozen people. Yeah. There were dressed a lot of people. Costume to yeah. buy candy. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, there were other things to do there, but that was the. I feel like that's a showstopper, don't you? I'm going to end this because it's dark (laughs) out and we started in the morning. No, if if I knew that was going to happen, I'd let it keep going. All right. For Craig Morgan and Jamie Eisner, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to 17 consecutive hours of the Natural Hattrick Podcast. I like how to clip on tail and everything. Ugh.